This episode is brought to you by Manscaped. Manscaped just launched new products to keep you smelling amazing this holiday season, including their all-new ultra-premium body wash and a two-in-one shampoo and conditioner. It's time to give yourself or your loved ones the gift of beautiful skin, hair, and jingle balls this holiday season. Go to manscaped.com and use promo code LASERTIME for 20% off plus free shipping. British spies, royal bombs, and we look back at the best of the year as another season of 302010 comes to a close. Welcome everyone, ladies and gentlemen, it is 302010, the end of the year special. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Chris Antista, who is with me. Hi, I'm Diana Goodman, and everyone knows Custer died at Little Bighorn, but what this podcast presupposes is, maybe he didn't? (laughs) And it's me, Sarah, and why would you point out that I am especially not a genius? (laughs) (laughs) This is going to be a fun one. Ladies and gentlemen, a season is coming to a close. The 30-2010 sixth season, if you don't know what we do, we go through the decades today. We're doing December 31st through January 6th. That is cuspy. That is a new year. We'll be ending 1991, 2001, and uh, 2011, and rolling on into 1992, 2002, and 2012. And I'm shocked I said that for the first time perfectly fine. That is, if you're new to the show, that is not my forte. Oh, no. It's at least March when we get the years right. Yes. (laughs) But it's going to be a fun-filled episode, and... Spoiler at, right up off the bat, not a lot of new releases, but instead we, uh, we and by we I mean mostly Diana, puts together these, these amazing lists of year-end stuff, including new words, top 10 movies, best-selling games. We'll be talking about that, mostly reflecting on 1991 as we dip our toe into 302010's seventh season. With that being said, we want to thank our patrons. Patreon.com slash LazerTime supports this show and the whole LazerTime network. Uh, and especially spotlight executive producer Corey Austin. Many thanks to many other fine people at Patreon.com slash LazerTime. And as we move in to our seventh season, we also have a bit of bad news. Is it bad? Is it, can you say bad news? Uh, I'd say bittersweet. Bittersweet news. It's it's bittersweet news for Killjoy feminists who, until <laughs> now, have had a majority on this show for a while. It's true. It's true. It's a new era coming in. But yes, this is going to be my last episode. I am taking some time away from the podcast, going back to school, and I need to just focus on some other things right now. So I'm going to not be on anymore. But we have a person coming in to mm-hmm. fill my tiny next week. little shoes. <laughs> <laughs> It's been really fun, and I'm going to miss everybody so much. And yeah, just, but you uh, know, Sarah has a, an actual job and is adopting another actual job in addition to this an actual job. So <laughs> yeah. shit, shit happens, and we're going to miss her dearly. But we'll, you'll still join yeah. us on some laser times on occasion. Oh, yeah, and yeah. And, and there are yeah. certain things that I've already reserved as I'm going to have to come back in just to talk about this one specific topic here and there in the next year so this is not the last of me that you've heard Mm. yeah we'll be for a little while all right yeah i'm kind of amazed that you hung out this long because i know how ridiculous (laughs) how ridiculously busy you are but i know a lot of it is because one of the movies we're going to be talking about pretty much i I understand that feeling of like i'm just gonna slog through this because i need to talk about this one thing Mm -hmm. that's happening three months from now (laughs) and if i can just get to that yeah. I have to spread the gospel. Yeah. Amen. I, 
Well, moving on, on to the, the show's format, which is also being broken this week, but like we always say, sit down in a chair, open up three portals into the past, and we're going to address the first one right now. That's 1991, December 31st uh, through January 6th. Happy New Year. Um, yeah, it's it's always great to go into a new year knowing it's going to be worse than the one before. That's that's <laughs> That was only since 2014, I believe. Uh, I think 92 was better than 91. Me too. In general. Me, I think yeah. 92 if I'm being honest, became the 90s. Yes. Yeah. It, it, yeah. it, it uh-huh. was officially the 90s in 92. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was no longer the remnants of the 80s. It was awesome. I love 92. Mm-hmm. And, but 91, closing out 91, I love it when Diana does this. Me too. I love this. Merriam-Webster, uh, and I haven't looked at these yet, uh, they add words to the dictionary this year. And oftentimes it's shocking, such as the first word in alphabetical order, 3D printer? That What? Was that a theory? It, like... <laughs> Was that theoretical? Like in 1991, did we have 3D printers? I don't remember talking about this until the 2010s. Yeah, I know some of these seem way ahead of their time, and some seem like way behind. It almost seems like there's no in between. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Arnold Palmer, the drink, not the person. I, can you imagine you, your name as mm-hmm. a noun, as a drink, <laughs> like being put into the dictionary? I don't think there's a higher honor than that, actually. That is- pretty cool. cool and a drink that it's like is incredibly uncontroversial like there's no reason to not like an arnold palmer it's like, like it's just it's just really lemony iced tea yeah it, it was so bizarre i finally saw it i'd never seen it bottled in a store but i mm-hmm. guess because of the nature of the name they had to license get his likeness arnold palmer the golfer and stick it on the can because like you can't just call the drink an arnold palmer and sell it you might as well you got to pay the dude and i don't know how he because you taste it and like he cannot be the first one to do this <laughs> we're from the south like of course someone yeah. put iced tea and lemonade before what would be your dictionary drink mine oh. that would get you in there vitamin water and costco vodka delightfully <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. lowbrow gross it's very gross but i'm, I'm pretending i'm losing weight i i don't think i've created enough of a thing i mean mm. ex- except like i used to make chocolate milk where i put so much chocolate syrup into the chocolate milk that you can pretty much stand the spoon up that's Oops. a pretty good one yeah where it's like once you get past the saturation level of chocolate it literally can't dissolve anymore sure that's just science yeah <laughs> i didn't know that you could do that actually I think, the- my, <laughs> I think mine would be an ice cold cherry coke in the shower <laughs> <laughs> Well, that seems like a commercial. It's very healing when you need it to be. <laughs> Fucking bestie. Aww. How was that? Bestie. That feels like it happened much, much, much later. Yeah. It was bestie. Can see it being maybe a valley girl thing starting out that way? I suppose. Mm-hmm. Uh, brain freeze. That seems yeah. just about right. I remember mm-hmm. kind of learning that term on Nickelodeon a few years after I was plagued by them. And now I never get them and I miss them. Is it because I'm not drinking my stuff fast, my cold stuff fast enough? I don't know. Carjacking? What? We? Yeah, that seems like well, that's 91? a couple years late on carjacking. Yeah, I would say. But yeah, carjacking. Conlang. Uh, this conlang. One... I I like conlangs. Conlangs are constructed languages, so made up languages like Klingon and Dothraki. Okay. Ooh. Yeah, I like conlangs. They're fun. Conlangs. Fun. Crowd surf. I guess right, right, in just in time for the alternative music phrase. That's exactly. Right. Yep. Yeah. We have crowd surf cybercrime as we're officially the internet's kind of at least accessible by a ton of households at this point. P- mm-hmm. A ton of people have PCs, and if you have it's a phone just, connection, you're almost there. Docu soap, <laughs> docu soap. Wait, what? Yeah, which really that's what we should have been calling reality television this whole time. Oh, yeah. okay. I thought it was for something like a 
that Betty Davis feud thing. Like it's kind of a documentary um, soap opera. Right. No, but, the Kardashians is a docu soap. I see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, where it's supposed to be real, but it's also soap opera ish in the the betrayals and the and, and the uh, I don't know the drama of it all. Yes. yes. Yep. I love how the Real Housewives. <laughs> Yep. Oh yeah, Real Housewives. That's exactly a docu yeah. soap. I I just love that we get to say these two words in the same context. Merriam Webster new words this year: ethnic cleansing and gift card. Uh, <laughs> what, 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 how? No, there's no way this is the first time either of those had ever needed a word. Merriam Webster. What were we calling those things before that? Gift card, genocide, and gift certificates. I su- yeah, I guess. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Ethnic cleansing. It seems ahead of its time. Because we we haven't had Rwanda yet. Yugoslavia hasn't really gotten serious yet. Mm. So, yeah, those are kind of the two places I remember hearing ethnic cleansing as being a specific kind of genocide. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And also, in the ahead of their time category, 1991, uh, The Simpsons is two years old, yet heteronormative is now in the Webster's Dictionary. That's that's, that's a word I, I don't think I encountered for another 20 years, so... Good on the dictionary. Hoochie is also there. <laughs> Hoochie is there. I wonder where they got that from. Does Queen Latifah have an album out yet? Mm, right uh, down yonder yeah. in Chattahoochee. Oh, oh, okay. It does get hotter in a Hoochie Coochie. <laughs> what does that mean, Alan? Um, <laughs> Mission creep? Yeah, that feels like me... either it's leftover from Vietnam or it's uh, way ahead of its time for Afghanistan. Yeah, <laughs> mixtape. Um, that is way too late. Way too late. You would you would think, but like uh, just in their defense, that dual tape deck really did change how mm-hmm. easy it was to make. But if if you notice and do the right thing, I don't think dude has a dual tape deck. It's one tape deck, so he's yeah. he doesn't have the same mixtape capability. Pescatarian, another word I didn't encounter for a, quite an annoying amount of time. Um, it's too late though. Feel like feels like the hippies would have brought that in. Diet for a small planet and all that stuff. Again, again, Mm. SIM card and SMS? How are those words coined by the dictionary in 1990? How can we give them, how can we shit on them for being out of touch if I had no idea what that was for another 10 years? I know that for a fact. SIM cards and SMS and SSRI. What is that? Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Kind of of antidepressant. Truly a lifesaver. Yeah. (laughs) It's a big. Big change in antidepressants. Instead of just like, let's just give everyone lithium and knock their ass out. (laughs) Uh, Soul patch? (laughs) Right on time. Soul patch? Okay. A tase, time suck, verklempt? Is Mike Myers invents this word? I feel like Mike Myers, he did not invent it. That's a real Yiddish word. But the the popularity among non-Yiddish speakers, I feel like got verklempt (laughs) into the actual English dictionary. Of course. That, I had no sense. idea he had accomplished this. That is wonderful. And I just thought of this the other day, voluntourism. Mm. Voluntourism. Does that have a, a specific definition according to Diana? No, I mean, it's kind of what it says. It's like, well, you're on vacation, but you spend part of it doing something voluntary or something like that. But or... it's... Hard, or, I feel like mission trips almost fit that. Yeah, but... I was going to say, if I almost view it as the opposite where it's like you're saying you're going on a mission trip but you mm-hmm. spend a lot more time like yes. laying on the yeah. beach which mm. i found to be a, a almost real thing that happened to a lot 50% of 50 percent of the yeah. white kids i know would go right. build a church in a foreign town that didn't ask for it and then spend right. most of the time like learning how to drink and finger banging yes. and, yep. and i, I yeah. just actually inquired to someone at a church and like 
They have that for adults now because I don't want to pay for my own vacation. Like I'll stack rocks mm-hmm. or whatever you need me to do and yeah. just put me up in which, a beach hotel. Which totally doesn't underline uh, a classist or racist narrative that untrained white children are better yes. at building than <laughs> adult locals. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh my God. Look, if it gets me to Bali, I'm willing to, to, to lay into the system. Yeah, um, that's true. Like I'll shovel elephant shit in Thailand for an hour a day <laughs> if I get to spend the rest of the time being friends with elephants in Thailand. Yeah. That sounds yes. fucking great. I yes. will absolutely earn my keep if I get to just chill with elephants. I'm just, uh, please, a- anyone please Photoshop Diana's face over Dalsum from Street Fighter 2. Um, <laughs> and, and that's that's it for as far as the words go. I love... And those are the only words that you could use in 1992. A lot of people didn't know that. It's true. It's true. Every other word. Lo- Couldn't use any other word. Uh, no prepositions. Mm. It was really weird. We all sounded like cavemen. Yeah, uh, it wasn't a great time. Uh, <laughs> Big state for clapped. <laughs> uh, SIM card, ethnic cleansing, heteronormative. Hoochie <laughs> <Gucci> Arnold Palmer. <laughs> um, I was just thinking they need to have the knockoff Arnold Palmer. Like there's knockoff Dr. Pepper, as you know, always like Dr. Flavor or something. Like there, there needs to be something that's well, similar but legally distinctive to Arnold Palmer. I definitely have in my past enjoyed a John Daly, which is an alcoholic <laughs> Arnold Palmer. Oh. <laughs> ah. uh, I would call it the Palmer Schwarzenegger. Because the Arnold is implied. And oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's when you add a protein supplement to it. Yes. <laughs> or an anabolic. <laughs> Never mind. Uh moving on to the movies of nineteen ninety one Hook, it's still number one at the box office as of this week, but there are no new releases to talk about in nineteen ninety one. Nothing. Nothing. Everybody else, we at least have things getting dumped at the box office or mostly indie things going into wide release that we could have talked about a couple weeks ago, but we were busy. Now we're not busy. Yeah, now we're not busy so we can talk about the highest grossing films of the year. The most shocking takeaway I think you can look at here. One, two, three. Half of these are comedies. Yes, that is wild. I think in the last 10 years of mainstream American box office, no comedy cracks this. And if it does, it's like one, and mm. it's kind of a shock. But it wasn't a shock. Naked Gun, two and a half, The Smell of Fear, is number 10. I don't yeah. think any of those movies has ever done will ever do that well again, that uh-huh. type of spoof film. No, mm. no. It, it blows my mind how varied and how, like, smaller these are. Except for, obviously, number one is going to be T2, Terminator, sure. 2, Judgment mm-hmm. Day. Like, obviously. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves is number two is mm-hmm. kind of surprising. Mm-hmm. Although if you don't count, if you count what made the most money during 1991, mm. number two is actually Home Alone because right. it kept going because right. it was number one all of November and December 1990. And then it kept going. Right. And probably uh, probably yeah. made a, a, a tad more than Sleeping with the Enemy, I would bet. Fa- Overall. Nine, yeah. nine is Father of the Bride. Eight is Sleeping with the Enemy. Seven is The Addams Family. Kind of shocking to think Amazing. like. Amazing. Love. Yeah, like the, we had good things, positive things to say about those films. I never would have thought they would knock off all these big budget action movies off the top grossing movie of the of the year. Hook is number six. Number five is City Slickers. City what? Slickers. Yes, Billy Crystal and Daniel Stern. Yeah, fifth highest grossing film of the year. Yeah, a movie about like mildly Semitic men rustling cattle on vacation. Mm-hmm. Beat Steven Spielberg's high budget Peter Pan remake. <laughs> that is true. Oh my wild. God. Yep. They're uh, both movies about mid age crisis. And true. I wanted to save these for last because I love that they're next to one another. The Silence of the Lambs. I think we know now what a classic it is, but it's like, it's interesting to think of it sandwiched in between City Slickers and Beauty and the Beast. That many, <laughs> that many people got their asses 
out of their homes and in the theaters to see something they knew would disturb them yep. on the level of the Silence of the Lambs. And that seriously, I'm getting a big, I'm getting a big, getting a little bit mushy for all of humanity. <laughs> I know. I'm proud of everyone. Seriously, we did a good job on this. We list, did a really y'all. good job, everybody. Yes. Like that time, everybody went to go see that stupid Kenneth Branagh movie. Uh, <laughs> That was just a, a Hitchcock throwback, but they all seemed to be aware of that and went anyway. And yeah. It, I forget. What was that movie called? Dead Again? Dead Again. That movie. Oh, stupidest movie of the year. So um, love it. So love bad. it. Shut yeah. up. No, you cannot say that because we're about to get into all know, the movies we recommended. I'm so and excited. believe me, there are some stupid ones in there, but I kind of love some of them. Okay. Beauty and the Beast is number three. Um, okay. Again, that this is not a spot I believe Disney movies had occupied in some time, not until Little Mermaid. No. They, they didn't no. crack and the top Beauty 10. and the Beast has been a slow burn. I mm-hmm. think it's been number one like one week mm-hmm. during its entire run. Like it's second or third week because word of mouth helped. Right. And, uh, the Robin Hood Princess Thieves. The stupidest movies I've ever seen. A lot of horny moms. <laughs> yeah. Just running the table on that one. <laughs> and uh, I would say probably a little thanks to Brian Adams. That song was everywhere. And yeah. yep. if you think about like. So horny mom magnet right there. It's, it was only recently I could hear that song and not think about this movie. But at the time, like they were inseparable. Mm-hmm. And then number one, T2. T2. Yeah. Terminator 2. Judgment Day is number one, as it should be. All is right with the world. There's no complaints for me at all. Mm-hmm. No, I, just that saw, works. I just saw a post somewhere, it may have been in the LTC, where someone mentioned, you know, not enough people give Arnold Schwarzenegger his flowers for the acting job that T2 took to be still play a robot, but with slightly more humanity than the first time you played the robot, but also such a physical role as yeah. well. Hmm. It, there's a lot that he's doing here, and that's pretty impressive when you think about there's, it. And, and, yeah. and, and the third one, especially just because it, it, it heightens of like, I'm a robot, but I'm fucked up, so I have to pretend that I'm fine. Mm. And mm-hmm. But like... You're also bleeding from the face, and your your leg is bent in half, and mm-hmm. Arnold is moving forward and delivering a monologue. I mm-hmm. I love this character, and also yeah. has to be funny. Yeah, yeah. There's it's just there's a lot, and yeah, but restrained what? funny. He can't yeah. be wacky schmackety, or else exactly it, everyone would start screaming. Exactly. It's it's yeah. really interesting, especially also in an action movie like that where you couldn't do a bunch of retakes to mm-hmm. get the line perfectly right. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there are plenty of ones that you just had to do one and go because of the explosion situation. Ooh. No, I'm impressed, honestly. Yeah. I, I am too, and that's that's the top ten from this year. And, and, and National Film Registry adds it has added in since then these movies, Beauty and the Beast, Boys in the Hood, Daughters of the Dust, Silence of the Lambs, and Thelma and Louise. A thousand percent recommends on all of them, man. Mm -hmm. No argument there. Nope. Nailed it. Speaking of recommends, as Diana has listed here, we have recommended 84 1991 movies. And that seems excessive. Yeah. Um, I've broken them into groups of about 10 as evenly as possible. They listed alphabetically. And I thought we would go through them group by group and pick out the one special favorite that we really want to recommend. And I will put them at the top of our list on Letterboxd. And likewise, where we we have a big list of all of our recommendations mm. in case you're looking for something to watch. Cool. Okay, in alphabetical order, movies you recommended this year. The Addams Family, Awakenings, Backdraft, Barton Fink, Beauty and the Beast, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Boys in the Hood, Cape Fear, Cast a Deadly Spell, City Slickers, and Class Action. Whoo. Hmm. That's hard to recommend. Okay. I can tell you I already know my recommend. So we're, right, we're picking one from each of these sections? The Adams Family. Pick one. Mm. Adams yeah. Family. Okay. Adams Family is my recommend. It's a fantastic family movie. 
It has something for everyone. It was, I think, a sexual awakening for a lot of burgeoning goths. <laughs> I mean, Angelica Houston and Raul Julia doing their best. And then, I mean, Christina Ricci, just a lot of people's introduction to her as well. Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I love Adam's Family. And there's not a lot of times that you can say this is a fantastic family movie. They just don't off like the mark that much. For yes, yeah. that's true. I'm, I'm going to try to lean towards movies that fewer people might be familiar with mm -hmm. to put in a good word for it because as much as boys in the hood is a classic and it still works way better than i thought it would uh, uh, i'm really torn between that and barton fink although like part of me wants to just say cast a deadly spell because no one's heard of that and it's from hbo and it was a lot of fun mm -hmm. uh, especially if you like lovecraft country uh screw it i gotta say boys in the hood oh thank yeah. god that was gonna be mine which get yeah which i i really did not expect that to hold up and yeah it, it still worked great. It's fantastic. And I was shocked to discover, like, oh, first time I heard gentrification. Didn't know. Mm -hmm. Didn't yeah. know. It's uh, That is also an issue buried within this this wonderful time capsule of the 1990s. And then this leaves it easy for me to say, Bill and Ted's bogus journey. Whoa. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. With it, is, it, yeah. it is one of the most ambitious effects comedies this side of Ghostbusters. It is the best of the All Bill right. and Ted trilogy. It is relentlessly silly and so much fun i cannot re recommend bill and ted's bogus journey enough <laughs> sorry i also right. sorry, yeah, that's sorry. Fair. All right. <laughs> okay um, next group the commitments cool as ice because it is a good bad movie mm -hmm. daughters of the dust dead again defending your life delicatessen doc hollywood the doctor dogfight don't tell mom the babysitter's dead and double life of veronique mm. <laughs> this is a hard one yeah not for me, because uh, when I thought when you said this, we were going to have to pick one of these to recommend from the entire decade. And I was yeah. like, I go with Defending Your Life. Wow. I, yeah, I, choice. Like, that's, yeah. it's fantastic. I saw it as a youngster. I saw, saw it as a 40-year-old. It works on every conceivable level. It's Albert Brooks' best movie. He's one of our best filmmakers. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the most accessible movie of his. It brought a partner of mine to tears. Like, I have never heard of that. And like, I know. Mm -hmm. It's a shame. Yeah, people don't talk about this film, but I mm -hmm. loved it. I loved it as a kid. Love it now, and yeah, defending your life is great. I think that's a great choice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna have to say it's for me. It's a tough one between Doc Hollywood and The Doctor because I love both of them for different reasons, mm -hmm. <laughs> especially for the bistro vibes of it all. But mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna go with The Doctor because I think it gives wow. such a good snapshot of a upper middle class life in 1991 which again very be sure vibes and i kind of loved seeing that again mm -hmm. and i think it's a great examination of the healthcare system at <laughs> that time and the many flaws of it and guess what y'all it's only gotten worse so yep. you know i think that that's an important conversation to have and yes there's some schmaltz to it and yes that it, there is some um parts of it that we didn't love but i, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed my rewatch of it yeah fair enough that's the more obscure of the two yeah that's for sure plenty that's of people true. heard of doc hollywood not mm -hmm. as many people remember the doctor oh, oh i Diana. am i am <laughs> in pain right now because i have one of my favorite over-the-top movies and like a movie that's important and classic and stuff like that. So I cannot really choose between Daughters of the Dust or Dead again mm. because they're both so good in such incredibly different ways. I, I Okay, I'll go with Daughters of the Dust. It hurts me, but it's it's a less known movie that more people should see. Beyonce would be proud. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, and Dead Again is just, it's so over-the-top. I it's love wild. it. I love it. It is a ride. Okay, next grouping. All right. Mm -hmm. 
Ernest Scared Stupid, oh, Europa, a.k.a. Zentropa, Europa, Europa, <laughs> Father of the Bride, The Fisher King, mm-hmm. The Five Heartbeats, Flirting, Frankie and Johnny, Green Card, The Grifters, and Guilty by Suspicion. Mm. I have no attachment. Got some rom-coms on there, man. I, yeah. I, I don't. I will go in whatever my order is next time, but I'm just going to throw out The Fisher King here because it's... Ooh, the, on, said it. the only yeah. movie I truly loved here and wouldn't pick any of these others <laughs> at okay. all. Well, and some of this you didn't some see. I didn't Father, see. Father of the Bride, though. Mm-hmm. That Is that yours? No, i got to go with Europa Europa. Europa it's a, Europa. another movie that I feel like not enough people have heard of. I've said like 18 times when we're talking about it, if you like Jojo Rabbit, you should mm-hmm. totally check out Europa Europa. Mm-hmm. It's There's just nothing quite like it. It's amazing and mm-hmm. funny. I... Well, that's great because that gives me Father of the Bride to recommend, which I'm sorry. I know we've all heard of it and I know that it's like, you know, (laughs) in everyone's brain, but I just absolutely loved it so much. And it just brought me so much joy on the rewatch. And and I'm so glad that you said Fisher King because I found that to be such a wonderful heart opening movie as well. And the only Gilliam, Terry Gilliam movie that I like. So it's the least Gilliam. (laughs) I would have chosen that if nobody else did. So I'm glad someone else chose it. And then the next grouping, hmm, it's going to be tough. Mm -hmm. Hearts of Darkness, a filmmaker's apocalypse. That's the Apocalypse Now documentary. Hot Shots uh, with an exclamation point. That's why I said it like that. House Party 2, Impromptu. Those are two different movies. JFK, (laughs) Johnny Staccino, Jungle Fever, L.A. Story, Life is Sweet, Little Man Tate, and The Long Walk Home. All right. I feel like these are stacked towards independent and foreign things that I threw in there and I'm the mm. only one who saw them. Wow. Some Which of... makes me feel like a dick that I have to go with Hearts of Darkness. Oh, that was going to be mine too. <laughs> <laughs> Best documentary about making a movie of all time. See this Truly. movie if you can. I don't know how what it's... Again, I, I bought the 4K Apocalypse Now box set and for the I think one of the first times or at least the second time in history, it, it came bundled with it on, on Blu-ray, which nice. is strange because it's a very standard definition film. Uh, uh, it sucks. I really like Jungle Fever. I really like Life is Sweet, but nope, I gotta do it. Well, then I'm sorry. I'm going to have to go with Hot Shots. Really? That's it, fair. Yeah. It was a laugh a minute for me. I funny, man. I loved it. It was a joy to watch. And, you know, one of those movies, you're not going to get a recommendation from me very often. So I might as well give it to Hot Shots. And it's very easy for me to say, if you listen to the show, L.A. Story, my favorite Steve Martin movie, yeah. a personal favorite, tonally somewhere in between a fart-sniffy Woody Allen movie and, hot, and a Hot Shots movie. It is, <laughs> it is relentlessly silly in a weird and obviously a heightened reality, but it, like, it doesn't go too far in that direction. I wish more movies – I wish there were more movies of L.A. Story's tone. Very, very funny movie. Mm. Yeah, and and I, I encourage everyone to see it because it's not one of Steve Martin's more popular films. But mm-hmm. the only good Steve Martin films are the ones he's written, and this is one of them. This tend to be the best. Mm-hmm. All right, next group: Madonna, Truth or Dare, Man in the Moon with little baby Reese Witherspoon, uh, Meet the Applegates, Mobsters because it's a good bad movie, My Girl, My Own Private Idaho, Naked Gun, Two and a Half, The Smell of Fear, Necessary Roughness, New Jack City, and Night on Earth. All right, Sarah, you want to go first? Sure. I it, This one's pretty easy for me. It's Madonna, Truth or Dare. Yeah. It's so, so much better than I imagined it could be. It was a lot better than I remembered. It's it was so fun. fun. It's in the queer canon. 
for sure. Mm -hmm. It's sexy and funny and interesting. And you get to see fucking Warren Beatty be such a fucking nerd. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Your concert (laughs) was really neat, Mads. (laughs) (laughs) Diana, I'm sort of waiting for you to clear the board a little bit. I got to go New Jack City. That's what, yeah, that's that's where I was headed. Oh. Uh, that was the movie I had the the most fucking fun with, and yeah. a reminder of like, man, Wesley Snipes is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and this he is he was in, so good in that. Yeah, with his crazy carved asymmetrical. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, his hair was its own character. Well, fuck me, I'm pretty. Uh, it's my it's my least favorite Naked Gun movie, so I, it's it's difficult mm. for me to pick that one. My girl, go with Meet the Applegates. That's one of the weirdest the movies we'll ever talk about. Yeah, if you, it, I, I wish I could tell you what episode that was from. I hate to say this so quickly off of the Prince and Tides thing. I saw Meet the Applegates when I was not ready. Because it was advertised in like comic books and Disney magazines, where like this movie's really fucked up. You should it's it's about bugs who are going to outlive uh, humans when the world blows up, and there's premarital yeah. sex and abortion issues in it. Like people becoming Ed Bagley Jr. becoming a bug. It's kind of frightening, and, and it's difficult to like what what genre is this? <laughs> but it was marketed yeah. as a family friendly comedy, which it is not. And that's no, how I ended up seeing it. No, it's it. about giant cockroaches trying to destroy humanity mm-hmm. in the guise of people. And See, fucked up shit happens. There, that was easy. Whew. Yeah. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, next up is Once Around, Once Upon a Time in China, Only the Lonely, Other People's Money, Out for Justice, Paris is Burning, The People Under the Stairs, Point Break, Prayer of the Roller Boys, and the Prince of Tides. Mm. Oh. Fuck. These are tough. I mean, I Chris, think we all know which one I'm picking. I, I don't. Yeah. Oh, I the one from last week. No, Paris no. is Burning. Paris oh. is Burning. Paris oh. is Burning is one of the most important documentaries ever made. It's an extremely important, incisive, heart-wrenching, heart-opening, again, to use that term again, life-affirming look at a subculture that not a lot of people learned about and has been hugely influential on culture, hmm. especially now, 20, 30 years ago. I mean, the the Vogue culture and, you know, all of that is everywhere now in yeah. the mainstream. And this is the first documentary that really brought to life not only the joyful parts of that culture, but then also the very heartbreaking, sad, you know, issues that trans people and trans people of color and the LBGT community were going through at the time. And it's extremely heart-wrenching too, because a lot of those issues are still happening right now, especially with our Mm -hmm. trans brothers and sisters and siblings. So Paris is Burning is an extremely important movie. One of the most important movies we talked about basically all year, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. All right, Chris, this is tough for you because you got Point Break in here. No, this is... But you also got Prayer of the Roller Boys, which was not... It's not what you expected. Uh, Prayer for the Roller Boys is the best movie I watched for this show on YouTube because it's the only place it's available. It, <laughs> it, I believe it said like it said like a JVC movie. I'm like the people who made my first cassette player made this movie. Mm-hmm. Cool. And huh. <laughs> Prayer for the Roller Boys, if you don't remember, is uh, about a post-apocalyptic future where uh, a bunch of racist. Proud boys on rollerblades uh, take over the drug. It's fucking amazing. It is. It is amazing. But man, Point Break is a real early yeah. favorite of mine. And I, 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 well, I was hoping, I was hoping one of you would pick it. I, I, 
I knew it was a dark horse for. Yeah. I, I know you both right. like it, but it's not. It, yeah. I didn't see it being anyone's pick. No, so, I'm gonna go for a real dark horse on mm. this one. I mean, I wanted to put out Once Upon a Time in China because it is one of the best martial arts movies I've ever seen. I'm gonna go for the rom com, Only really? the Lonely. Yeah, a rom-com by Chris Columbus. Those are two things I do not care for. Oh. And Only the Lonely, starring John Candy, was a fucking find. Mm. I was so, so charmed by it. Oof. Yeah, I, I, I got to throw throw my, my weight behind something that fewer people have heard of. Okay. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. The next one is... Um, oh, Problem Child 2, Rambling Rose, Ricochet, Ricky O, the story of Ricky... The Rocketeer, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. The search of signs, the search for signs of intelligent life in the universe, uh, showdown in Little Tokyo, Silence of the Lambs, and Slacker. Fuck! Mm. Oh my god, this is so hard. I want to recommend like half of these: Rambling Rose. People haven't heard of Ricochet. People have probably forgotten how crazy it is. Not me. Riccio. They don't know how crazy it is. And Silence of the Lambs is seriously one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Ooh. <sighs> Let's make Sarah pick it then. Okay. <laughs> Guess what? <laughs> My pick is the search for signs of life in the intelligent universe. Inte- <laughs> the search for Wait, it signs is? of intelligent life in the universe. Yes, that's yeah. my pick. Oh, I, I thought we were going to get the signs of the be. lambs. No, nope. so could... oh. I'm going to make it hard on y'all uh, because I knew no one else would pick that one. And mm. it was such a surprise joy for me to watch. I love Lily Tomlin. She did not pioneer the one woman show, but she definitely... I think did it was one of the best to do it and then also set the template for how we make fun of one person show. <laughs> <laughs> like anytime you see a spoof of a one person show, it kind of looks like this, mm. but she does it so well. Again, part of the queer canon. I'm here for it. I love her so much. I think that she was very successful with the, with what could have been a real train wreck mm. of a movie. And I'm very proud of her for that. And I love her. I, okay. I keep thinking about these like rambling Rose and Ricochet and Ricky O that are not as championed as they should be, but I can't, I can't do it. Silence of the Lambs is basically perfect. Yeah. Except I would like one more line where they underline this guy's not trans. He's just fucking insane. Yes. Mm. That would be nice. So that there is the LGBTQ stuff that hasn't aged very well. But filmmaking wise, the movie's fucking flawless. So mm. oh, I can't do it. I have to. I have to say Silence of the Lambs. It's no, okay. it, it, but it, that's you have to what... go with your heart's desire. It's my heart. I my to... heart says that I need to peel my skin off and make a new woman's suit out of it. <laughs> are you about a size 14? The heart no. wants what the heart wants. Sarah and Diana combined are not a size 14. <laughs> um, I really want to say Problem Child too, but I feel like I'd be wasting whatever little authority mm. the show gives me. I almost, for Diana, want to say Ricky O, the story of Ricky. That's so amazing. It's well, I, you know what? I'm such I'm, a I'm, I'm, such a disgusting movie, but God is fun. I'm torn. I'll I'll, I'll I'll do this one. I will give Diana my vote because I'm I'm balancing between Ricky O and Ricochet. Ricochet, I never yeah. heard of, would not have watched, but it was a rare instance of Diana texting me and like, you're gonna want to see this. It's not <laughs> I, like I don't know if you've seen this before, but it's not what you expect, and it it's the silliest Denzel Washington movie I have ever seen. Please watch it like a prequel to Face Off. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm going to back you on Ricochet because I feel like Ricky okay. maybe has a bit more cult uh, cachet. And Ricochet is one of those where it's like, Dude, yeah, the- it just looks like a normal boring ass police procedural. And then you watch it and you're like, this is insane. This is insane. This, does, does 
John Lithgow strap phone books to his body and kill Jesse Ventura? Yes, he does. Uh, this that happens some in a gladiator fight in a jail. In a jail, it's like this is this movie's amazing. It is it is it's it's a fucking '80s movie masquerading as a '90s film as a Tony Scott film. I love it, and yeah. I, I I hope our show occasionally brings something a, a lost gem like this to light. And I'm happy to say Ricochet. Hell yeah. Okay, last one. I think this one might be the toughest for yep. me. The toughest? Ugh. Yeah. Sleeping with the Enemy, Soap Dish, Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country, Terminator 2, George, Judgment Day, Thelma and Louise, Toy Soldiers, Truly Madly Deeply, What About Bob, Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken. Yeah. Y'all. Other than Truly Madly Deeply, all of these are kind of burned in my, my memory. Also, hmm. two Oof. of the stars from... Two of these movies I will be meeting in February at Pensacon. What? Yeah, that was my Christmas present from Sam. We're VIP tickets is to it, Pensacon. Is, wait, so. can I? Is it Sean Astin? No. Oh. He may actually be there too. <laughs> he kind of is. At these will be at these things. It will be George Takei and oh. Richard Dreyfus. Okay. Great. Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus. Wow. It's going to be at Pensacon. Oh goodness, man! <laughs> Notorious sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's wait. only become more affable in his old oh, age. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he's just a sweet old man. Can't he just call Spielberg? Why is he going to do these? Oh, okay. Ooh, Sh- this is so hard, Who should y'all. start? I think it's Sarah's turn to go first. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, I went first last time because I picked Search True. for Signs of Life. Okay. I'll, right. make, I'll, make, can I, I'll make this as easy as I can for okay. you guys, and that's I'll take Terminator 2 off the board. I know right. we feel one of us should say, Terminator 2 is great. It's not an interesting take. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing else to say about what a great movie it is, but there. Now now you're free up to not think about that and pick mm-hmm. Wild Hearts Can't Be Broken like two girls should. <laughs> like... <laughs> well, we're not horse girls. Yeah. Right. I've, seen, I've seen this movie more than both of you combined. Probably. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I, like, part of me wants to be contrary and go with Truly Madly Deeply, the one that probably fewest people have seen. Oh, I would have chosen Toy Soldiers. Pretty- yeah. But... <laughs> oh, well, that's like a cult classic for people of a certain generation. It. But Truly Madly Deeply, which is British Ghost starring Alan Rickman. There, mm-hmm. I sold it to you. Um, but then I'm stuck with kind of like my uh, problem with Silence of the Lambs. It's like Thelma Louise is just perfect. Yep. And it was so much better than I remembered it. But also Soap Dish, again, minus one minor LGBTQ issue, is one of my favorite comedies. I feel like Soap <sighs> Dish is less well known. So I'm going to go with that. Whoa. Bravo. Yeah. I love it. It hurts because God, Thelma Louise Thelma was Louise. good. Yeah, Thelma I love Louise. That for you. Thelma, Thelma Louise is the most guy friendly chick flick I can think of. Mm. And it's it's right. it's so fucking yeah, wonderful. Leading me away from picking it. <laughs> I'm just, but I'm, I'm, it's like a fucking crowd pleaser. No matter where who you show it to, it's it's awesome. This little revenge movie uh, with with a Tony Scott eye. Those helicopter sequences mm. at the end. Are oh, fucking Ridley. Like, no, it's Ridley. Oh, it's Ridley that, Scott, right? That helicopter coming through the smoke is. Yeah. One of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Well, for me, it's hard because I I love Sleeping with the Enemy. Kind of gave us this like prototype yeah. for a certain kind of movie that we don't really get to see anymore, except for honestly one of the best movies of a couple of years ago, which was The New Invisible Man. Yes, which I loved watching mm-hmm. these two so close together because you know they're they're related. Mm-hmm. I also really love Toy Soldiers. That was like a huge fun surprise for me, and I think that not enough people. I know it's a cult classic, but I also think that not enough people know about it. But yep. truly, I really just have to go with Thelma and Louise because it is yeah! a perfect movie. It's yeah! classic. It's so sweet. 
it's I love friendship. You know, that's my favorite mm-hmm. thing is friendship. So. It's, it's also got all the beats of like a violent action movie. Yeah, uh, and some yeah. And pretty incredible explosions. Yeah, dude, they're they're Bonnie and Clyde or Butch and Sundance, man. They're on yeah, the run. It's fucking awesome. Uh, I I actually watched this movie twice this year. Just once. Wow. Uh, neither of them for was for work actually. Like one was on TV, one was just like I haven't. Seen, I know I'm watching this soon. Boom, loved it. Yeah, loved it. Oh, that was grueling. That was grueling, but we ended up with The Addams Family, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey, Boys in the Hood, Daughters of the Dust, Defending Your Life, The Doctor, Europa, Europa, Father of the Bride, The Fisher King, Hearts of Darkness, A Filmmaker's Apocalypse, Hot Shots, L.A. Story, Madonna, Truth or Dare, Meet the Applegates, New Jack City, Only the Lonely Paris is Burning Point Break, Ricochet, The Search of... Why this title, Sarah? The Search for (laughs) Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe, Silence of the Lambs, Soap Dish, Terminator 2, and Thelma and Louise. Those would be our... A breakout recommendations beyond our 84. Mm-hmm. Make sure you see those movies. TV this week. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> you get nothing. Yeah, You lose. Okay, no. I, I did. I, this is never as interesting as the box office tally. What's the highest mm-hmm. rated thing? Because the highest rated thing for like the next 20 years is going to be 60 minutes all the time. Yeah. Um, and but Ro- that's followed by Roseanne and Murphy Brown. So we got two lady-led oh. shows at at the top of the ratings, like by by a long shot over everything else. And Designing Women is in at number five. Wow! Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! So what I, but yet the thing I thought was most interesting, tied for fourth, mm. are two shows that I think this will just tell you how what what special year 1991 was. Home Improvement and Cheers, two shows I think people think are complete completely different eras uh-huh. overlapping yeah. they, they're like different resolution they're shot they're shot differently wow. um one feels like an 80s show one feels like a 90s show but they did coexist and they literally tied to like the hundred the hundred thousandth degree for ratings this year home improvement Wild. and cheers and then moving on to games again we'll talk more about this with the video game apocalypse voice patreon.com slash laser time monster my pocket is out this week it's one of my favorite titles the atari links did this a lot Dirty Larry, Renegade Cop. They change <laughs> one word in a in a popular title and just make a game out of it. They did it quite a few times. Um, <laughs> and then I thought this was interesting. The best-selling console of the year, 1991, is the Game Boy on a worldwide level. Ah. Although the Super Nintendo is creeping because it got released in Japan very early in the year and in America very late in the year. So it probably would have been the Super Nintendo. However, it's worth noting the top three consoles for 1991 are all Nintendo. NES, Game Boy, and Super Nintendo. That's something that I don't think... That's something we'll definitely never see again. There will not be Mm -hmm. somebody with three of the top consoles, unless it's like Sony's PlayStation 4, 5, and 3. That does happen occasionally. But even that, I'd say, is a long shot. But Nintendo holding absolute dominance. But evidence that it's slipping a little bit. Best-selling games in the U.S. um, this year. Number three, F-Zero. Number two, Super Mario World. And number one, in his first game ever, Sonic the Hedgehog. Celebrating his 30th anniversary this year. Here comes Sega, then, creeping up on him. Exactly. So Nintendo will not go unchallenged any year after this. And it's always going to be kind of neck and neck with Sega for right now. Music of 1991, December 31st into January 6th. 1992, we're covering two decades here. That nobody said they said it couldn't be done, yet here we are. Black or White by Michael Jackson, it is still number one. But we also have the top selling albums of 1991, which include at number 10, To the Extreme by Vanilla Ice, number nine, Out of Time by REM. Number yeah, that's surprising. Is it? I mean, yeah, that's REM breaking wide open. They were a college yeah, radio band until their previous album. I get my dad was into them, so like uh they were kind of all throughout my house. But you're absolutely right. And this, you know, it's 
this album has the more songs that are still played on radio, basically thanks to losing my religion. Yeah. Uh, that you'll you can still hear that every day. Use your illusion two by Guns N' Roses, and I forget why that was. I think it was based on the strength of one song. I think that one might have "You Will Be Mine" on it. Okay, because be yeah, I thought one had "November Rain," which I thought was the biggest hit off of "Use Your Illusion," but maybe yeah. there's no video for that yet. Number seven, "Gonna Make You Sweat" by CNC Music Factory. I love this part of the '90s. It's just a, just enough '80s. Uh. <laughs> and then uh, uh, number six, Metallica, "The None More Black" album. Why am I making a Spinal Tap reference? Oh my god! I don't know, but yes, Metallica breaking wide too. Yeah, yeah, and this I remember being irritating right before Alternative broke real hard. All I had in my room was a radio. Um, that was the only electronic device I could choose what I, I, I what I did with. And my favorite station got changed right before the Alternative era, and it got changed to Easy Listening. So every night oh, I went from rock music to listening to like unironically that night at the Roxbury Hadaway song and Michael Bolton. And Michael Bolton is number five on the list and just barely beating out Metallica. And then Unforgettable by Natalie Cole is number four. I don't even remember talking about that. Number three is No Fences by Garth Brooks. Country music craze coming and going this year. Um, Mm -hmm. Mariah Carey by Mariah Carey. Is this her debut? Her debut. Mm -hmm. Her debut 30 years ago. And uh, Roping in the Wind by Garth Brooks is number one this year. Garth Brooks. Number one and number three. That's wild. I remember seeing yeah. like how like the country charts, it's like, which one of these are not Garth Brooks? <laughs> he had like four albums in the top 10, like all the time. And from Rolling Stone's top 500 albums from this year, we have A Tribe Called yeah. Quest, The Low End Theory, De La Soul's De La Soul is Dead, Massive Attack, Blue Lines, Metallica's Black Album. Uh... The only one that makes both. Oh, <laughs> top selling. Although one of these, I think, turns into the top selling album in 1992. I would imagine... My Bloody Valentine, no, uh, Loveless. It was Nirvana, Nevermind, or Pearl Jam 10 would probably yeah. have. Or Primal Screams, uh, Screama, Screama Delica? I, I know that can't yeah, be. Screama Delica. Screama Delica. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Blood Sugar, Sex Magic, and U2's Octoon Baby are on the list for this year. But yeah, you're right. I, I think those would go on to dominate next year's charts. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a bunch of those are. Absolutely. And, and we have one new release. We do. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Mental Jewelry, the major label debut of Live. They alone can release this album. I, <laughs> I don't know. For I, them. D- yeah. So I figured with the music this week, to go back to some of the Rolling Stones top 500 albums where we haven't played anything off of them. Mm-hmm. And obviously we played Nirvana and Pearl Jam and U2 and Chili Peppers, but we haven't played any My Bloody Valentine. So let's... let's throw some of that in there let's close out uh, 1991 with some my bloody valentine you guys earned it um but when we get back we'll be moving on to a different decade this is the end of 1991 say goodbye with only shallow Aww. by my bloody valentine the but, last uh, time yeah. and say goodbye to me never forget Jeff, we have two more segments <laughs> with sarah stay right there Get ready to go jingle balls to the walls, fellas. Listen up. The holidays came early here at Laser Time, courtesy of Manscaped, the leading men's hygiene brand. There is nothing worse than untrimmed body hair and pubes around the holidays. You really don't want to look like the abominable snowman or Santa's beard is coming out of your shirt or pants. You older gentlemen with wider gray pubes know exactly what I'm talking about. 
And yes, it may be sweater season, but you don't want to have the world's worst ugly sweater made out of body hair. You need to keep that hair in check with the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. There's no better gift for yourself or a loved one we can think of than the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. It comes with everything you need to trim your tree and the hair down there. Hair down there. Inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer has proprietary advanced skin-safe technology to reduce cuts on your nuts. It's also waterproof, so you can use it in the shower. The Manscaped Performance Package 4.0 also includes the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver, an anti-chafing ball deodorant, moisturizer, and toner to keep your south pole feeling and smelling fresh all day long. The Performance Package 4.0 even comes with a classic stocking stuffer, a pair of Manscaped anti-chafing boxers that'll keep your junk feeling fresh all day. It's the perfect package for your perfect package. Speaking of stocking stuffers, Manscaped is going beyond the groin and has some amazing new products that make great gifts like their new Ultra Premium Body Wash. It's infused with aloe vera and sea salt to keep your skin feeling clean, nice, and moisturized. They also launched their new 2-in-1 shampoo and conditioner, which has key ingredients with benefits that include hydrating, nourishing, conditioning the scalp, and strengthening your hair at the same time. Tis the season to load up on Manscaped products, so get yourself, your dad, your brother, your husband, and friends the best gift of all, the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code LASERTIME, one word, at manscaped.com. Make Santa proud this year. Add Manscaped to your wish list this season. Your Your balls balls will thank you. Thanks, Mom. Friends, we have said it before, but here at the LaserTime Network, we consume a lot of content for quote-unquote research purposes, especially around the holidays. But there are times when it's nearly impossible to find a particular holiday special or movie that isn't available here in the U.S. for some reason. That's why we couldn't be happier that NordVPN provides an easy-to-use workaround. With just one click, we can access content from 59 different countries safely and securely so we can get the games, TV shows, and movies we need to do our jobs. That also means we can access international content as soon as it's available in other countries without having to wait for it to come to the States. Can you imagine if we had access to something like this back in the 80s and 90s with Japanese game releases? Oh, man. And if you're traveling out of the country for the holidays, rest assured NordVPN will help you ensure you never miss an episode of your favorite show as soon as it airs back home. Doing some holiday shopping? You can even find discounts on games, movies, TV shows, and streaming subscriptions by taking advantage of international sales and pricing. Speaking of sales, right now, NordVPN is offering a special holiday season deal for LazerTime listeners. Go to nordvpn.com slash LazerTime and use the code LazerTime to get 73% off your NordVPN plan plus a bonus gift. This offer will not last long, so go to nordvpn.com slash LazerTime and use the code LazerTime, that's one word LazerTime, to get your bonus gift and up to 73% off. What are you waiting for? Do it! Coming into 2001 with Magusta 2 by Manu Chao. Love this song. 
love yeah. this song. I didn't know everybody <laughs> knew this song until we Same started doing here. karaoke. Because uh, I spent, I did not travel much, but because of the nature of how many schools I got kicked out of, I had to get my foreign language credit in Costa Rica. And this was everywhere at the Where this you summer. saw Impacto Profundo. Impacto yes, yes. Profundo. And, but Magusta too. One of the most chill songs ever. I uh, love it. Yeah. I love this song. Every time it comes on out of nowhere, mm-hmm. it's not like it comes on the radio. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's like a little fun surprise for me because yeah. I forget about this song all the yeah. time. I forget about it until yeah. I'm like, I think it's yeah. exclusively when I'm watching something set in a Spanish-speaking movie or a movie set in a Spanish-speaking country and this song will pop up in a bar. I'm like, fuck, yeah. I've heard this song so many times. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I didn't even know I, I can... I usually can't even tell you who does this song. I just I've heard it organically so many times in my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, man, Lagusta too. And one new release this week: Mother Earth by Within Temptation. Or is that vice versa? Within Temptation by Mother Earth. I've never heard of either of these things. Oh, I mm. love Within Temptation. That's a band. Yeah. A group. A pop combo. It's like gothy, like classical music, sort of like Ooh. symphonic metal and. With a female vocalist, goth metal, like, yeah, I like Within Temptation a lot. Um, and but let, I've heard of them, I mean. How You Remind Me by Nickelback is still number one, and please let that mm-hmm. be Sarah's legacy, what you remember her for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the defender of this Nickelback so song. I got to go out on that. <laughs> <laughs> At, I mean, truly, I am nothing if not a voice of the people on this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I also champion Paul Blart Mall Let's yeah. also remember. The Canadian people. <laughs> Top-selling albums 2001 as we close down a decade. A season of 30, 2010 coming to a close. Uh, now that's what I call music volume six. I think oh. that might yeah. be the first year that finally, because how is that not supposed to sell? Even even when those came out, I'm like, how is this legal? This, I just... It's been going on so long in the UK, but uh, for mm-hmm. America, it's relatively new. But it's I think that should be exempted from any list like this, honestly. Sure. Yeah, it's I know. It's a, co- it's a collection of popular singles. Yeah, it's yeah, a collection so... of things that are art, like are, are on popular. the albums we'll, we'll talk about in a second. And oh, But this, this is the greatest one. Number nine, the Oh Brother, Where Art Thou soundtrack. I wow. love it when there's like... It's incredible. It's, it's not only a great soundtrack, it's just like one of those... I don't know if we have an equivalent nowadays, but then like... You're reading off the top 10 albums, and it'll just be like, chant, like a, a, a disparate genre. Monk, the monks of Blobbity Blook. And there is nothing else even close to this genre on the top 100, but <laughs> a compilation of old timey, twangy country songs from the movie Oh Brother. Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. And yeah, um, anytime you hear Rock Candy Mountain, nobody <laughs> is cool enough to have heard that song before the Oh Brother soundtrack. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. That was, that's from the Oh Brother soundtrack. Speaking of not cool, Number eight is Weathered by Creed. <laughs> that is here. Mm-hmm. Survivor by Destiny Child comes in at number seven. Uh, number six is Songs in a Minor by Alicia Keys. Number five is Break the Cycle by Stained. Number four, A Day Without Rain by Enya. Again, I that also like, is kind of strange. It to is. Me. Yeah. I feel like that's that's the weird one of the group. It's like Alicia Keys and Destiny's Child. It's like I see some overlap there. Like I right. can understand. But yeah, Enya. Enya, baby. <laughs> a lot of, a lot Next of, to NSYNC. A lot of moms feeling sexy out there. Burning yeah. some incense. Celebrity by NSYNC is number three. Uh, number two is Hot Shot by Shaggy. It was definitely him. It and was it him was this him. time. Yep. It was him. Uh, number one is Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, which I only think is strange just because, like, it didn't have a lot of single action um, mm-hmm. for us. No, it had some. It, it did. It, but... Like, it definitely, this, this album was huge, but, like, I don't feel like, I feel like we talked about its release and then never again. Here it sits at the number one selling album of the year. Yeah. And, Interesting. And now, yeah, I, I, and it's their debut. 
Yeah. Which wow. Is, impressive. That is impressive. It, it's their debut. And, I, and, and 20 years later, I get most of my exercise in VR to Linkin Park music. Who knew? Who knew that would happen? Was not a huge fan of this band <laughs> at the time. The albums that made it under Rolling Stone's top 500 albums from this year. The Strokes, Is This It? Uh, Jay-Z's The Blueprint. Daft Punk Discovery. Uh, Gillian Welch's Time, The Revelator, Radiohead Amnesiac, Bob Dylan, Love and Theft, Minuchow, uh, Proxima, Estacion, Esperanza. Damn, look who did that flawlessly. Suck my nice. dick, internet. White Stripes, White Blood Cells. Wow, I forgot about the White Stripes. Yeah. They haven't forgotten about you. Yeah, uh, I'm pretty sure. New words of 2001. Roll the clock back, well, forward from the last segment, but back from now. 20 years ago, uh, we're way ahead of things like brain freeze and 3D printers. New, new... <laughs> <laughs> words There's a the lot fewer than I was expecting, yeah. but they are pretty choice for 2001. Yeah, but also I would say as a group, kind of douchey. It, but but yes, but also still like these would become way more commonplace in another ten years. Like bromance, I don't remember anybody saying bromance until the like the inter- the true internet age. Well, do I feel you? Like bromance came about the same time that we started using the word metrosexual. Mm. And this is all around that mm. same sort of time period. Yeah, maybe. Like in the next couple of years, we're going to start talking about Queer Eye. Huh. Yep. Okay. Maybe that makes Point. sense. What about something as old as time? Finally getting a word like cankle, which, uh, <laughs> which I still don't technically even like really know what that is. Rude. Just that yeah, it's, it's uh, rude. It, well, I know that I know it's rude. I know it's, it's fun yeah. to tell your lady friends they have cankles, but I don't really know what that is and it's, or what it looks it's like. It's that they have calf ankles. Their ankles are so fat. They just look right. like part of their calves. It's a weird throwback, too, to when, like, the ankle was, like, a slender, alluring part of a woman's body. So, like, that kind of went away, but you could still insult someone by how their ankles... It's basically telling women there's another way for you to be fat that you didn't even think about. <laughs> this tiny, This tiny little bracelet-sized portion of your body we will also be judging now. Yes! Uh, <laughs> now we have a word for how hideous that could be. I'm over here enjoying my dad bod. Also, a uh, new word, CAPTCHA, which, yeah. which, yeah, again, feels a little early, but, like, that had to be happening some places on the internet. Is uh, Broadband, I think this is the year we personally got broadband in our sleepy hometown, so the internet started becoming more ubiquitous the second we got broadband. It became our preferred medium, so safety measures had to come in place, and that's where you get mm-hmm. CAPTCHA. Uh, a news story I had just glossed upon while preparing for the show, AIM has... AIM was targeted by this massive virus, and it was very easy to do because there was no protection measures through AIM. You remember getting like (sighs) fake AIM requests like, what Mm -hmm. up, ASL? Click this link. Um, That's happening right around now. So CAPTCHA should make a little more sense. This word I don't know that I've ever encountered in my life. Chewini? A chewini. Oh. A a chihuahua dachshund mix. Okay, like a labradoodle. Yeah, but chewinis, they are so cute because they look like lowrider chihuahuas with extra big ears. <laughs> I love chewinis. They're so cute. And I love that Diana listed cornhole, parentheses, game. Uh, <laughs> ga- there are other uses. <laughs> there are. Uh, I never really heard the term used until much later, other than Beavis and Butthead. They were, they were yeah. using the word cornhole uh, as a non-game. But, but the game, which I guess is only weird because that game did seem to come out of like it's like safe horseshoes. Yeah. Now it's everywhere. And like, I think during the pandemic, the ESPN has been showing like national cornhole finals and yes. shit. Yes. So, Cause I guess I it know. makes sense. You could play that in a safe distance. Yeah. It was, I, I, I found this old hiking trail and not only came upon a civil war graveyard, but like a horseshoe course 
because when I was really little, like a ton of people played horseshoes. But in hindsight, throwing that thing around children you who can't control seems super fucking dangerous. Cornhole mm. seems like a great replacement. Throw the bean bags uh, <laughs> and s- instead of the the, tw- the ten pound horseshoe. Holy shit! <laughs> Force quit. Force quit. Which. Yeah, maybe this is a little late, a term I think we are all used to now. I think the first computer I had, we would like shut it off every time we were done using it until yeah. Windows started like the screensaver era. Like, no, it's actually we want you to leave the computer on here. Buy some screensavers. Right. And then something goes real bad. and You can't restart. You must force quit. Force quit. Mm-hmm. Oh, control alt delete that piss. Twerking. Twerking is 20 years old, everybody. Wow. wow. But, you know. People are just getting good at it now. And it takes a lot. Look at my TikTok. Yep. It, a lot yeah. of core strength. I remember Sarah was trying to show me how one time, and it like started to hurt after like 20 minutes of trying. It's a lot sure. more leg work Twerking than I... Twerking is work. Mm-hmm. It's so much work. <laughs> it has working right in there, there in the name. It does. Exactly. And then uh, I don't. I honestly can't really think of where this came from. Auto-suggest. Yeah. Search terms? I, like yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I'm maybe, thinking but... if like a- AOL would always have like their keywords. Right. Yeah. And would they fill those in as but, you start typing them and give you auto suggestions? I feel like we're still we're still like at least five years away from that Firefox, Google, we will suggest thing. You type in one mm-hmm. letter and we'll suggest a bunch of shit. That's not really happening yet, and let alone the iPhone auto suggesting your next word. I, so yeah, good on Merriam Webster for being on the being on the tip a little more than yeah. me. And uh, and also a little bit of news to bring you into the world of 2001. Euro banknotes and coins are introduced. Yep. The Euro common market is is a thing. It's real. Yeah, and the only impact it's had on me is liking millions. I really like that movie. <laughs> it's about oh, the changeover. I love over. that movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just made a giant baggie I have of all the random coins of Europe. A, a charming little thing. I got in there just under the wire before wow. I could have just run around all of Europe and never had to change any money. Not have to. But uh, 13,000 lira? I have no idea what that is. Is that a lot or a little? That was, that was... I don't remember anymore. That was ridiculous. I remember the first year of the Daily Show, they would read the box office out in Lira. And <laughs> and it was like, Corky Romano makes 400 billion Lira. These people need to get a hold of their currency. Shit. And, yeah, then, and then you go over to France and it's like, oh, that's three francs. I, yeah. <laughs> I forget what that is now, though. Out of control. Wait, but what is it for dollars? Out of control inflation. Iced tea and cocoa, Mary, um, 20 years ago this week. And they Aww. are still together. Happy Aww. anniversary, Mr. and Mrs. <laughs> and then uh, moving into movies of 2001, Fellowship of the Ring is still number one at the box office, and I feel good about that. But there actually are new movies to talk about uh, in this segment, especially Imposter with Gary Sinise, Vincent Onofrio, Madeline Stowe, and Tony Shalhoub. It's not the Imposters with Stanley Tucci, and therefore I refuse oh. to recognize it exists. Yeah. Also, it was basically not released it's an adaptation of philip k dick story that has something something alien something something nuclear bomb something it sounds like absolute gibberish and all the reviews were terrible but <laughs> it has a lot of good people in it so True. what the fuck also tony shalhoub is in the imposters with stanley tucci and Ooh, i will just uh-huh. underline that that movie is fucking rad and everyone should watch it very confusing but uh ooh, uh but here come the heavy hitters all right here, here come the biggins and uh Oh, God, I hate this movie. Ed Harris, Jennifer Connelly, and Russell Crowe. Me too. 
in a beautiful mind. Gentlemen, the great John Nash. When the genius of John Nash was pushed to the edge. Talk to me. Tell me what happened. No one believed he would make it back. He has lost his grip on reality. But in the fight of his life. I need to believe that something extraordinary is possible. You can't reason your way out of it. Why not? Why can't I? He will achieve the impossible. Russell Crowe. A beautiful mind. God, this movie sucks. <laughs> I hate this movie. I'm not a fan. And it's not a, a fan. I, I, I went back and tried to watch it. Like, I watched it 20 years ago and I was like, well, that's just like, could you, like, you can't, again, you can't make Oscar bait more Oscar baity than yep. this. Mm-hmm. It's, it's up there mm-hmm. with Bugsy. It's like, you have to be trying just to win an Oscar, just so you can pat yourself on the back, Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. You have a very happy life, Ron Howard. You don't need to do that to people. What about her fight Ron club Howell's ending? A stretch a little. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I don't like this period of Russell Crowe, Ron Howard. And to this day, I feel like, do I hate Ron Howard? And it's it's almost exclusively like from this film. This film sucks yeah. so hard. I also kind of feel like, do I hate Russell Crowe? Yeah, me too. From this, yeah. and like Cinderella. No, I just, Man. I just. I hate this yeah and Cinderella yeah. man but like you know previously he's done the insider he's a gladiator like he, dude is massively on a roll mm-hmm. and it's a biopic about this mathematician who has met, uh, mental health problems and a breakdown and then he you know recovers with the love of a good woman and it, it's it's well made I think it's badly written mm-hmm. it's incredibly on the nose and obvious all the time because it's mm-hmm. written by the man who wrote Batman and Robin mm-hmm. Akiva <laughs> Goldman I'm looking at you and he wins an Oscar, and that just makes me want to slap people. It's so, it's so. This movie is so fucking stupid to yeah, rip off Fight Club's ending, but like, but we did it with three people. Yeah, and, and oh my god, everyone acts so shocked. Like, wow, that was so innovative, and what an interesting way to depict mental illness. And it's like Fight Club was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. They just did. Why it. are you acting surprised? This this movie is infuriating. God, I hate yeah. it so much. Like Ron Howard, he's a good filmmaker, and he can always put stuff together well. So it's not like. It's not like it's badly made. It's very it, it, directing is really good. It's very cliche, I, almost to the point of being hack. It mm-hmm. is so oh, cliche. It is. Yeah. It yeah. feels oh like a purity God. of itself at times. Yes. And I had no interest in revisiting it, even a little bit. Yeah. Because at the end of it, it felt like a slog. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and just if you remember, I forget I was watching it with someone who didn't even like a lot of movies. I'm like, oh, they're all going to be figments of his imagination. Like, yeah, I, I guess that. Can you see that too? And like, yes. And it's, mm-hmm. that's why it felt like a slog. Like it's going to pull open the curtain and reveal the stuff. Like we all know, everyone so, sees yeah. this coming. It's like yeah. watching a child do a magic trick. Yes. <laughs> Yay! Good job. Yeah, and just all, all the biopic stuff of like simplifying everything, whitewashing things that don't fit, and just oversimplifying you know the narrative of someone's life, which yeah. it's just it's just a pain. And... You can't do this, Russell. It's too much math. I have to. <laughs> like, <laughs> who's against this guy? Oh, this movie's so stupid. And the, yeah, yeah, I mean the portrayal of mental health issues too. It's just yeah, not it great. Yeah, it sucks and it wins best picture and it shouldn't. And I don't like it. And I. Ew. Yeah, I ended up turning it off. I got like two thirds of the way through. I was like, nope, I feel like I was right the first time. I'm not seeing anything that's like jumping out mm-hmm. at me. It's like, oh, I misjudged you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not going to get anything new out of you the second time around. Meanwhile, like the seventh or eighth time around on our next movie, mm-hmm. I continue to get things. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the gift that keeps giving. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I've gone I've gone every way you can on this film, but a recent rewatch, man, did I have mm-hmm. a good time. 
Look at this cast. Bill Murray, Danny Glover, Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson, Ben Stiller, Gwyneth Paltrow, Angelica Houston, and whoever plays Pagoda. I want to spend some time with you and the children. Are you crazy? The Tenenbaums have always been geniuses, but it will take a father like Royal. I want this family to love me. <laughs> to make them a family. You probably don't even know my middle name. That's a trick question. You don't have one. Helen. Gene Hackman, Angelica Houston, Gwyneth Paltrow, Ben Stiller, Luke Wilson, Owen Wilson, Danny Glover, and Bill Murray. The Royal Tenenbaums. He also stole bonds out of my safety deposit box when I was 14. <laughs> Rated R. Now playing. I think I watched this on Tubi? Was mm-hmm. it Tubi? Uh, it's also on Amazon. Oh, good. Right. Good. Way, way, way rather watch it there. I, this is perhaps one of my, my favorite movie of all time. Really? Wow. Yeah. It's, I mean, I have a, I truly have a top three that, I can't rank because mm-hmm. and it's Jaws, yeah. Royal Tenenbaums, and Jerry Maguire. And mm. Royal nice. Tenenbaums is just, to me, a perfect movie, tip to taint. I yeah. love mm. this movie so much. So I, I, I can get I, out of the way because I have nothing but good things to say about it. I realize I had a ton yeah. of issues with it, but I realized while watching it that a lot of it doesn't have to do with the movie itself. Mm. It, 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 it is oh, sort yeah. of Wes Anderson- falling into a style where I think his first two movies, Bottle Rocket and Rushmore, really, really spoke to me and are mm-hmm. like young people movies. But this, Royal Tenenbaums is what he makes now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like large family existential comedy mm-hmm. with people walking slowly to cool music. Yeah, it, I feel like a lot of the stuff that becomes Wes Anderson stuff that can bother and be too twee yes. and too quaint works better here. And sometimes it just kind of becomes a crutch later. Like I have watched French Dispatch mm-hmm. and it was fine because it was mm-hmm. short stories. And I feel like in some ways that's what he should do like all the time. Cause like this seems pretty inspired to by JD Salinger short stories in particular. A hundred percent. In particular. Yeah. And so yeah, if he just wanted to make short stories, I feel like maybe everyone would be happier. Mm. But like all of the things that we think of as Wes Anderson things, I feel like come in more here They're than like even Earth in... here. The the metropolitan yeah. like yeah, uh... the metropolitanness of it all. The but like also dioramas, cutaways of mm-hmm. things. You know, like showing cutting through a building and showing where all the different things are. I had it written. The font. I had it written down. The font is definitely decided on. I had it written down. And circled like it was super important, but somebody else on the internet should do an expose on that. But like this movie is framed like a comic strip, yeah, mm-hmm. and that is that. beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah. it's more comic-y than a Spider-Man. It's like the way you draw a comic book, and that's why he mm-hmm. I think he builds the diorama portion of everything because it has the spacing of a comic strip page, and I really mm-hmm. like and I really liked it. What I like the absolute most about it, the absolute most, and it involves the story and the casting. Gene Hackman sort of goes away after this it, it takes another couple of years like I think mm-hmm. two years he officially retires mm-hmm. but as the last movie of gene hackman this works amazingly well, it, and that he didn't want to be there yeah he's an asshole about it <laughs> it was a jerk <laughs> about it yeah works great for his character i mean yeah. mm-hmm. this is i think uh, this may be controversial i think this is gwen paltrow's greatest role mm. yes I, okay, great. I'm glad that's not controversial. I also think this is most of the other actors in the movie one of their greatest roles, if not their greatest role. Yeah, honestly. that's why I I feel and like for there's the Wilsons. Absolutely, there's so many characters, and they are so well defined and so mm-hmm. sketched out, mm-hmm. and they play to the actors' strengths. Like Ben Stiller is very good at aggravated and barely keeping it contained, yeah, and like not- that is. 
letting a huge it go. part of this character. But also his character to me, and, and every time I watch it, a different character speaks to me more. Yeah. His character yeah. right now, I think is especially important because he is a character who is in the depths of grief and the mm-hmm. way that it is portray the way he's portraying that character the way that grief is manifesting i think a lot of people are experiencing that right now through anger through frustration through hyper vigilance like mm-hmm. it it to me watching his portrayal especially at the end where you know he said, kind of oh, a rough like, year dead help i had a yeah. rough year dad i mean I that know, yeah, pretty much broke me <laughs> so because, good and to me this movie is so special because it is I think Wes Anderson's saddest film. And I think, and to me, it also gives me a lot of nostalgia. It gave me nostalgia when I first watched it, which was like kind of a nostalgia for something that I never really experienced. But now- because, well, it's like before Bistro vibes, there's like upper West side literati vibes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Literally every character has written a book and they show you (laughs) the book. Dudley's and, world being my favorite. That cat has a density. Very good. None of these fucking matter. They're some of these books are really stupid, and some of them are just incredibly dry and boring. They're not really accomplishments. That's just what they do. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's that sadness of just what you do versus what you are. And mm. so many of these characters, especially Luke Wilson's character as the bomber, built his whole identity over on what he did. The tennis player. Mm-hmm. The tennis player. And then yeah. could not, you know, once that was gone, what was he? And it yeah. just... Well, that's the thing is that they're all failures. They're yeah. all failures and they're generally either terrible people or barely people at all. I mean, I would argue Margot Tenenbaum is barely a person anymore because she's so depressed. She doesn't know what the hell she's doing. I think she's a collection of experiences. Mm. And I do think that instead of seeking a sense of self, she um, sought experiences because of a deep depression, a deep Mm -hmm. emptiness um, within her. And that's how she chose to try to find it. And when you are brought up by a malignant narcissist like Gene Hackman's character, that is something that can happen to you and something that needs addressing, certainly. I guess guess we should say that is what the movie is about, the father who's about to die reconnecting with his estranged family. Yeah, but he's not about to die. He's lying. He's He's about to lose his money. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he lost all his money, Mm -hmm. and so he needs somewhere to stay, so he concocts a story to say, I want to stay with my family. So he'll have somewhere to live. But mm-hmm. then he gradually realizes like, oh, wait, um, damn it. I'm having feelings. I don't like those. And then also this movie is so deeply funny, too. There's mm-hmm. so many hilarious parts to it. Like shots, quick shots, costume choices, quick lines that aren't in and of themselves funny, it, but are funny in the context. It I is. Mean, it is one of the few Wes Anderson I movies. It all the time. With uh, <laughs> me too. I, I love who who I quote because like I I forgot one was Pagoda when they're trying to give an intervention to yeah. Owen Wilson's it, character. There he goes. There he goes. <laughs> 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 he just climbed out the window and ran away. There he goes. <laughs> I say I say all the time when he's like, "Did you just say you're on mescaline?" Very much so. When, when, <laughs> I say that a lot. I don't, I forget what they say. Dudley's problem is, but every time someone says something. They're just noticing something. I'm like, that cab is a dent in it. Um, whatever Dudley's <laughs> disease yeah. is. Very the, good, Dudley. <laughs> the scene where uh, Gene Hackman is looking out the window and sees Owen Wilson climbing out the window. And he goes, I see you, asshole. <laughs> he just looks up and waves. He looks up and gives him the Tron I, pose. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so 
like it's so funny and so deeply sad too. This yeah. movie means a lot to me. I thought I, mean, I thought I was going to hate there's... it, and I, I really am delighted by how much I enjoyed it. Yeah, well, I think it just it for me what makes it probably my favorite Wes Anderson movie, even though Fantastic Mr. Fox is up there and Grand mm-hmm. Budapest Hotel is up there. It is because the characters are so well defined that they never get lost. Mm-hmm. Them and their their who they are never gets lost. Even as like there's some little random cute things that I would probably cut if it were me. It's just like they have a falcon. What, you know, well, that's, what is that's this? Why Does it, it, it symbolize like, It felt like such a comic strip to me. There's a character who only wears tracksuits. A character constantly mm-hmm. dressed like a tennis player, although he never plays tennis in the film. A character, no. a character just like a cowboy. Who is also yeah, a writer. but all of those but, make but sense they were... to their character. No, no, I, that's yeah. what I'm saying. But like, vi- even visually, it feels like a comic strip. Mm-hmm. It 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 mm-hmm. feels broader than the movie is. Than the, yeah, than the and mo- the, that they're all you know child prodigies mm-hmm. who have been lofted as like they're such great it's tra- because their parents, well, their mother really just pushed them really hard, and their father was so just uh, withdrawn. He he had no affection for them, so that was how they try to earn their affection. Mm-hmm. It seems like. Uh, especially Richie, the tennis player of like, if you're good enough, you'll get love. Mm-hmm. And then as they become adults, they're all just fucking lost. Well, it's just, and they've also not grown up. Mm-hmm. It's such a great depiction of how it is to be a child of a narcissist. It, mm. It's every, it's every textbook way. I mean, you've got, yeah. you know, Richie who is just trying to people, please. He's the lover. He wants to love his parents. He wants, you know, he, he he's very heart opened to it. Mm-hmm. And then you have Ben Stiller's character who is just angry and mm-hmm. wants to let that out. And then mm-hmm. you have Marco who just withdraws completely. Yeah. And I, that, that is pretty much textbook reaction to having a parent like that. And that just, it feels so good to see that depicted on screen and then to see danny glover's character come in he's the one that stood out this time for me you're right it's like oh yeah in in this pile of people with all their neuroses and all their problems walks the one decent man in new york where he is he says the one thing to them like the moment that cements him is like oh she angelica houston needs to marry him like Mm -hmm. he he is the only good guy in this story really is that like all his chaos and all this stuff. And he says the couple words to them that none of them ever say to each other. How can I help? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's his reaction to, oh, there's a terrible tragedy. Something's happening. Mm-hmm. You need help. How can I help you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, None of these characters would ever say that to each other. He's deeply practical, which is so attractive in its own way you know like i just he can take a fall into a pit like nobody's business (laughs) it's my it's my favorite line on this rewatch i don't think you're an asshole i just think you're a son of a bitch yes (laughs) yes it's so good and i i personally don't think any of the characters are bad people i think they are people who are limited and stunted and they are doing the best they can with what they have, and mm-hmm. and that is unfortunately the case for most people. Yeah, exist in this we're world. trying mm-hmm. trying to be good. I don't want to shit on Bill Murray's character. I think he's trying. He's trying, but mm-hmm. he's distracted, and he doesn't know what to offer his wife, what she needs to actually yeah. help her. I think everyone's just doing what they can with their limited tools, which is another reason why I love this movie so much. Yeah. I don't think any of these characters are bad people, or I think they're just limited people yeah um and that yeah that's why i know a lot of people really like life aquatic which i feel mm-hmm. like is just kind of yeah. retreading 
the same territory. Mm -hmm. That's my favorite Wes Anderson movie. I really love yeah. Life Aquatic as well. I I, I don't I, hate any of his movies. Except, I mean, some of them just don't click with me. Like Moonrise just didn't clicked. Darjeeling Limited just didn't click. I hate. This one feels less frantic than some of the later ones feel as I, well. Point. I think yeah. a, 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 I just want to um, give a, like. a hats off because I didn't know this until I was till the credits, but it's the only movie I think other than Grand Budapest where there's a definitive narrator and Alec Baldwin mm. is fucking mm. rad. I did yeah, not, he's great. I did not recognize him in the theater. I was like, who was that at the end? I was so shocked to see his name come up. Mm -hmm. Even though it's yeah. very Alec Baldwin. -y. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, just so much. I mean, the set, the setting is absolutely freaking perfect. Yeah. And it's so weird that the movie feels so New York when we see basically mm -hmm. no signifiers of New York. Mm -hmm. Like there's a scene with Gene Hackman and Pagoda where they're at Battery Park. So they're overlooking the water. Pagoda is framed so he is blocking the Statue of Liberty. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they're intentionally like not showing you recognizable <laughs> New York. Yeah. It's outside of a place and it's outside of a time on purpose, yeah. which also I think adds to the nostalgia of it all. Very sure. I had, it was watch, able to, the, the tombstone is the only thing you have to know what year yeah. it is. Yeah. yeah. Which is, which is I mean, now. I think, it is now. Yeah. I, I, I Especially watching uh, French Dispatch made me kind of feel like, all right, I think I can, I think I can get Wes Anderson's thing, like his mojo down to one word, handmade. Mm -hmm. Everything feels handmade. You can't go to Sears and buy any of this shit. Mm -hmm. No Target is selling Margot Tannenbaum's jacket. You know, mm -hmm. everything feels very specific and handmade. Even his DVD covers are drawn by his brother. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. And this, I actually, I sat down to watch because I actually own this on physical media, the Criterion Collection, which by the way, yep. is very good yep. um, and beautiful. And uh, I couldn't, our DVD player is critzy, so I did not get no. to watch if it. I I can say, it. If I can say that, it was, it, I, I think it was one of the first new movies to debut as a Criterion version. Oh, Usually there's like a really? studio, ver yeah, but like because Wes Anderson was into that, like, yeah, I'm going to make a big two disc Criterion set. It debuted there rather than in another form with, with the regular movie poster over it. It debuted as a Criterion disc hmm. and it's been there ever since. And it's I in just, almost everyone's collection who is anywhere near my age, the pink spined Royal yeah, Tenenbaums. Mm -hmm. I cannot overstate how much this movie means to me and how much watching this movie feels like coming home every time I watch it. This is a movie that in high school I would put on in the morning as I was getting ready to go to school and just kind of watch it like 20 minutes at a time and then just like restart it over. And then just like, <laughs> you know, as it kept going, just because, yeah, this movie meant a lot to me. It still means a lot to me. It feels like coming home every time I watch it. I, I, just, I love it so much. It was such a good rewatch for me because yep. it really was one of those where I feel like I remember it and then I watch it again and i was like oh wait it's it's why why yeah i don't know why like it my memories of it were just sort of okay like it's okay i like it and then it's like just this time around maybe it's the headspace i'm in whatever but it's like no this clicked like no this movie's freaking I think it's great like, like every like, performance is so good you, everything you, makes you, sense you can't it's do the movie perfect. any justice by describing the plot or even the yeah. cast. It is. It is a motif. It is something Wes Anderson does. He makes it's kind of undescribable films. It's a feeling, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like yeah. when we talk about, it is one of my. It is one of my happiest reconnects because I did not think, even looking yeah. at trailers, I'm like, I'm not going to like this. I'm. I'm never going to like this like I did when it came out, and I was wrong. It was 
it was great. It, was it a wonderful absolutely watch. holds up. It may hold up even more because, again, this is a deeply sad movie mm-hmm. and deals <laughs> with grief and deals with loss, loss of the feeling of grieving, lost time, lost connections, lost mm. potential. Lost These dogs. Are all, yes. Yeah. This is the start of Wes Anderson hating dogs and killing them all the time <laughs> in his movies, which I do not appreciate. But the whole theme of this movie is loss, loss of potential time, family members, mm-hmm. everything. And that is something I think that's important to, re- to review now and, and come back to. And to me, it was a very comforting thing in a time where we're all experiencing huge losses left and right. And we mm-hmm. are like in a grieving process as all of us are in a grieving process right now. So, yeah. yes, this movie is perfect to me in every way. <laughs> I love mm. it so much. Yeah. I loved it so much more this time. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I was sort of it the just, same way. It just clicks. Because it, it, I what 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 was the deal? It came out Christmas in like New York and L.A. So I watched this at mm-hmm. Christmas, and it just I felt like I was back in the theaters again. It just felt really good. Yeah, uh, love it, love it. Can't recommend. Also, Royal really made me want a cigarette so bad. Yeah, <laughs> real bad. <laughs> if Gwyneth Paltrow comes down with cancer, it might be exclusively from this movie. There's like not one scene without a cigarette in her mouth. Oh, loved it. Mm. Let's see Royal <sighs> Tenenbaums. And now we have to, oh my God, move on to our recommendations. Yeah. This segment's about to get yeah. loud. Man, what a weird. Highest grossing films, number 10, the worst film of all time, Planet of the Apes. Uh, <laughs> Tim Burton's Planet of the Apes. Yuck. Um, number nine, Jurassic Park 3, the second best Jurassic Park movie. Number eight, yeah. Ocean's Eleven. Nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the best oceans movie. The best uh, seven number seven Pearl Harbor. <laughs> what Bar. a terrible film. Um, number six, The Mummy Returns. Uh, disappointing. Number five, Rush Hour Two. Yeah. Number I guess, action comedy, I guess, but no, no comedies really here. Yeah, yeah. Again, not many comedies here unless you count Monsters Inc. at number four and Shrek beating it at number three. Oh, remember mm. how irritated I was with Shrek. RIP to that Universal ride. Um, it's going away. Shrek 4D. Ride it. Well, you have like two more days to ride that as of this recording. The Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring at number two. And then number one, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, man. Honestly, though, that top three are pop culture juggernauts. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, starting off basically a wild ride for all three of those franchises. Yeah. You know, I, I I keep talking about how the nineties, we had no fantasy films and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings brought him back, but I didn't think Shrek is a fantasy film too. Yes, it is. Yeah. Very much. There you go. Yeah. So is Monsters, Inc. and The Mummy Returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you could classify. And yep. technically Pearl Harbor, because that movie. <laughs> Sorry, that movie's so silly. That's movie's so silly. Oh, look up, look up Alec Baldwin's speech in that. I thought I would never like anything he did ever again. It's so hilarious. Oh, no. No, my favorite is John Foyt as FDR, and he is giving an impassioned speech so much that he gets out of the wheelchair to stand and tell them. <laughs> Damn you, we're going to beat them. <laughs> oh, it's so embarrassing. And John Floyd has embarrassed himself in a lot of ways. Yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Anaconda comes to mind. Uh, um, and any anybody he endorses politically comes to mind. National Film Registry for uh, movies that have come in from this year. We have Shrek, Lord of the Rings, The Fellowship of the Ring. Only those two. Only those two. And Lord of the Rings just came in like two weeks ago. Mm. <laughs> wow. That's it. And, That's and Shrek it. made it through... everything else. Wow. Yeah. Okay. As as we go through this list, just remember none of these guys have been bumped up to the National Film Registry. Although there's a bunch that it's like, well, it's a matter of time. Yeah. 
Um, and this is the portion of the show where we go back and look at how many movies we recommended uh, throughout the year. Throughout season six, or 2001, if you want to be more precise. The movies of 2001 that we recommended, of, of which 75 movies we were like, yeah, cool, go see it. Holy shit, we're terrible critics. <laughs> 75 movies. But, you know, there's three of us. Yeah. Um, different tastes. So we're going to go through these, and Diana put them in alphabetical order, so there's really no playing favorites here, and we'll pick three. Nope. Pick our personal favorites from each of these little sections, starting with AI Artificial Intelligence, Ali, Amelie, The Anniversary Party, Atlantis, The Lost Empire, Baby Boy, Bandits, The Believer, Bridget Jones' Diary, The Brothers, and Bubble Boy. I very rarely remember what we record, or I... I, I <laughs> Make more podcasts than I, the podcasts I listen to. I don't remember anybody recommending Atlantis. <laughs> I think you went to Bat Force. Really? Did I? I yeah. I, it's it's like broken. It's film. worth watching. Yeah, it's got problems, and it's like I think it's pretty watchable. So, okay. all right. I yeah. I lightly back you up on that. Yeah. It's, um. Yeah. I'm gonna take an easy one off the board. What's, Amelie. Ooh, take very that, good, Sarah. Very good. Um, yeah, that's fine. And that's tough because Baby Boy, I feel like not a people, not enough people have seen, and, and it's a as a solid. Yes, yeah, like as a yeah. spiritual sequel to Boys in the Hood, it's not a bad yeah. film. I am uh, gonna have to once again rise up for my, you know, the underrated Steven Spielberg uh, <laughs> <laughs> AI artificial intelligence. I have loved this movie for a long time, and I think it's as maligned as it is. It is incredibly interesting. I watch it. Uh, I've watched it a ton. I thought it was great. I was I was in awe watching this movie again. Dude, that was one that is another one where I I remembered parts of it mm-hmm. and then watch experiencing the whole thing again, going like, why did this piss me off? Why don't I remember this fondly? Oh, right, the ending. All right, let's just ignore that. Mm-hmm. The rest of this movie spectacular. Yeah, so. you got, you got, they're not aliens. They're mm-hmm. they're they're AI, sentient robots, evolved yeah. from mm-hmm. Earth. Sarah, you got a last one's on you. Make oh, it a good one, Bandits. I'm going to have to go with Bridget Jones' Diary, y'all. Yeah? It is set the tone for a BJD. lot of great rom-coms, sort mm-hmm. of chick flicks, which I hate that term so mm. much, chick flick. I find that to be pejorative, usually, because it comes from chick lit, which also Bridget Jones' Diary, the novel, was considered, which I also find that to be usually pretty pejorative um, because both the book and the novel are absolutely fantastic examples of its genre and Bridge Jones Diary is a Christmas movie fight yeah <laughs> no that's fair it totally is a Christmas movie yeah it's and, like um, the rise I, of the Christmas I'm, sweater I attribute to that movie I'm I'm not a big rom-com person and um there's a lot of calm in that and I mm-hmm. I did a lot of laughing and a lot of rom. I, I was ready to not like it I was ready for it to piss me off and nope it's was the pretty same. great as a killjoy feminist that's what I do Helen Fielding, you know, the sequels, eh, not as mm-hmm. great, but she did a really good thing with Bridget Jones' Diary. And it was my cool. introduction to Colin Firth, I believe, yeah. Bridget Jones' Diary. Okay, we got Second some hard round. ones on this next one. This All one, right. oof. This, this is going to be really tough. Next group, Chocolat, Concert for New York City. <laughs> it came out on DVD, so I've got to put it in there. <laughs> Conspiracy, Ooh, which God. is an HBO movie, but it's a great movie. Devil's Backbone, Donnie Darko, Enemy at the Gates, the Fast and the Furious, the first one. Freddy Got Fingered, From Hell, Ghost World, and Ghosts of Mars. Wow. I'm, oh, oh I have three I really wanted to pick. Oh, God, four. Oh. Yeah, this is this is a tough right. one. Y'all want me Sarah. to start? No, Sarah, go first. Okay, I'm going to pick one that uh, is not going to make it easier for anyone because nobody else is probably going to pick this, but I'm going to go with Chocolat. <sighs> oh, wow. I thought you were going to go Concert for New York City because you're the one bat- who watched it. <laughs> I know. I went to bat so hard for Concert for New York City. I 
think the spirit of how we recommend things and what we're recommending though, I think Chocolat fits more. I still love Ch mm -hmm. Concert for New York City and I recommend it, but Chocolat to me is such a fun movie and also novel. It's very good too. And fun performances and yeah. a, the rare Easter movie. You don't get a lot of Easter hey, movies. You're right, because it's all about Lent. Yeah. During Lent, and it's all about Catholic repression and uh, sensuality in the form of food. And I'm here for all of that, even nice. though Johnny Depp is in it. Yeah. <laughs> but he's Irish, and he's got long hair. Girl. And girl. Yeah. Girl. 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 Girl? Doesn't excuse what he's done but girl but girl <laughs> okay chris do you want to go i i think i just want to say technically my the movie i like the most in this list is conspiracy and freddie got fingered but wow. um yeah i know very <laughs> different really wow I, no, yeah. no 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 I, I didn't i don't don't <laughs> highlight it i i want to take i want to take donnie darko just because i think it, it's okay. culturally important and represents this year very well even though ghost world conspiracy and freddy got finger i may like more oh and no yeah. love for the fast and the furious starting off not the first one no. i already i already said point break in the last one that's right. fast yeah, and furious one is point break uh this kill me because conspiracy i feel like everyone should watch it in social studies class mm -hmm. devil's backbone great small horror film from guillermo del toro enemy at the gates not a lot of world war ii movies about the russians and it's about snipers and it's pretty fun Mm -hmm. I gotta go Ghost World. What am I doing? I mean, come on. Why even? It was Poster. my Halloween costume this year. <laughs> crying out loud. I mean, why even posture like you're not gonna pick it? Come yeah, on. more people need to watch it. It's so damn yeah. good. Terry Zweigoff was just on um I Gilbert Godfrey's the, show. Uh, Gilbert Godfrey's podcast. I'm halfway through it. It's there's an awful lot of him talking shit about bad Santa that I really yes, enjoy. Yes, I did not know like Billy Bob Thornton is a fucking asshole. <laughs> but also that he was gonna kill Steve Buscemi's character in this movie until he was pleaded like just don't do it. Please, don't, it's dark enough. Don't. He was going to find. They were. The movie would have found him hanging in his garage at the end of the movie, yeah, as geez. originally written. Like, no, it's not funny. Don't do that. Next, next one. You want to read oh. this one off, Sarah? Sure. Mm -hmm. That's another we got, really hard one. We got your ginger snaps. Mm. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Heartbreakers. Hedvig and the Angry Inch. In the Bedroom. Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back. Josie and the Pussycats. Joyride, Jurassic Park 3, Lagan, Once Upon a Time in India, and Legally Blonde. Mm. This is a hard one. This is real hard. I don't, I don't, I, like, I don't know. I wouldn't watch hmm, Ginger Snaps in the Bedroom, maybe, would I revisit outside of the show. I'll just, I'll just mm -hmm. say In the Bedroom. Oh, interesting. Okay. Wow. Okay. I'm not going to force Jane Silent Bob strike back on everyone. I mean, I kind of <laughs> yeah. just assumed, but okay. The movie that's I watched kinda, the most. That's kind of how I feel about Lagan Once Upon a Time in India, because it is a great movie, but it is four hours. Mm. So you can break it up because it is a musical and a sports movie, and it's mm -hmm. a lot of fun. I have a feeling I know where Sarah's going to go with this. Ooh, I'm having a really hard time choosing between two, but you know what? Oh, wait. I... I'm going to mm -hmm. gamble and I'm going to say, I got to go with Legally Blonde. Yeah, that's what I thought. Wow. Okay. That's not where I thought you were going. Oh, oh. okay. I thought you were going Hedwig. I was, but I figured maybe you would pick Hedwig and that would let me leave me open to pick Legally Blonde, which I think <laughs> is both a very good movie, a movie that is underrated probably mm -hmm. for many of our listeners potentially, who may should revisit it and remember what an actually excellent movie it is. It's very funny. It's very, um, I think, feminist in a lot of ways, and it's just yeah. perfect. So, and it's got Jennifer Coolidge being really Jennifer great. Coolidge. 
It was really great. Yeah. See, I'm stuck because I feel like everyone who would get something out of Hedwig and the Angry Itch is likely to have heard about it. But Josie and the Pussycats I mean, was hilariously funny. It's true. And so it was so much funnier than audiences were ready for. It was so fucking subversive. It's a movie that needs love for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I will go ahead with in the Angry Edge, though, yeah. but Josie and the Pussycats, <laughs> oh, people should not sleep on. I agree. The the level of parodying of like, oh my God, first of all, I was so transported to 2001 and felt like I was in the audience of TRL, but <laughs> the product placement alone in that movie is so fucking funny. Like the boy band on their jet that just has like bounce dryer sheets just like glued to the walls. Yeah, Like just it's boxes wild. of dryer sheets just to product place them. <laughs> why not <laughs> but Hedwig is so important and so oh, heart-wrenching uh, there's there's just nothing quite like the it the music's amazing the music puts it over the top for me yeah yeah hmm. all right yeah. we gotta move on to the next so next next okay. award round we have uh life is a house lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring lovely and amazing made the man who wasn't there memento Monkey Bone, Monster Sink, Moulin Rouge, Mulholland Drive, and The Musketeer. <laughs> Why do we have a Bento and Mulholland next? Very difficult for me. <laughs> can, I, can I just say Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring? Like that was oh, that, yeah. that was yeah. I know, but that was yeah. like a blockbuster that like is so deserving of being a blockbuster of it's, being yes. a phenomenon. I know I said it when we talked about it just a couple weeks ago, but it is really a fantastic movie to revisit, especially mm-hmm. for all of us oh. right now, because it is all about being brave, oh, so being good. scared, do it anyways, mm-hmm. eat your breakfasts, yep. come back to your home, your little home hobbit hole. But, you know, yep. sometimes you have to do hard things and be scared and do them anyways. Yeah. I love it. I love I- it. After that discussion, I seriously sat down and decided, like, I want to make a needle point for all three of us of, like, the big theme of Fellowship Bring is the only way out is through. Oh, and I feel like that's, like, an inspirational thing I should have on my wall. Absolutely. (laughs) The only way out is through. Absolutely. Oh, gosh. All right. So people know Memento. A lot of people know Mulholland Drive. So Mm -hmm. I'm... I'm going to go left field and go with Man Who Wasn't There. Yes! Wow. This movie's great. And again, Coen Brothers movie that is great and never gets mentioned. Deserves love. Speaking of Billy Bob Thornton being an asshole. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, and Black He's and probably White Coen Brothers movies. Is that new Macbeth Cohen or Cohen's? Just Joel. Just Joel. Oh, I Just can't Joel. wait to see that. I, the review's been really good. I'm so excited. Chris, or you pick Fellowship, I Sarah? Pick Fellowship. Yeah, okay. Oh, I'm having a very difficult time between... Among Mulholland Drive, which I love so much, and I love David Lynch, and he's in my heart forever. Mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge, which is what is like number four in my top that's movies you're, That's of what you're going time. to pick. But you guys remember how I came out so hard for Monkey Bone. No, yes. is this happening? Is this happening? <laughs> that's what I wanted you. I was really hoping you would do that. You could overwrite I, your legacy of Nickelback I, legacy with this one move. I, I just like, Dude, look. It's the movie that people haven't heard of. People have heard of Moulin Rouge. Come true. on. It's true. So you know what? Fuck it. I'm going. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> Brendan Fraser for the win. Mm. I loved it so much. I thought it was such a wild, weird, fun, wacky look at grief, look at the afterlife, look at mm. just a lot of stuff. It was weird without making me feel chaotic and weird inside. I loved it so much. Yes. Y'all, I love Moulin Rouge, too. And by the way, if you have a chance, I went, went 
to New York a couple of weeks ago and saw the stage production of Moulin Rouge. And it was Ooh. one of the, it was the best stage production of anything I've ever seen in my life, honestly. Hmm. Me cried throughout it. It's amazing. Spoken like someone person. who's never seen Spider-Man turn off the dark. Mm. <laughs> I'm yeah, but Monkey Bone, I'm, I'm giving it to Monkey Bone. Wow. That is astonishing. Right, yeah. Leaving it all on the field. Put it on her. Put it in her posthumous wiki that Sarah went to bat for Monkey Bone. Next, the next one, my first Mister, which is a uh, like diet ghost world. Uh, oh brother, where art thou? Ocean's Eleven, The Others, Pollock, Pootie Tang, The Princess Diaries, Rat Race, Riding in Cars with Boys, and the Royal Tenenbaums in Scotland, PA. Mm. Mm. Ooh, speaking of Macbeth. Yeah, no I kidding. Almost, again, that's one I kind of want to pick it just to give it some more love and attention. More mm. people need to know about it. For sure. It is such an oddball little movie about Macbeth, but in the fast food industry. Mm-hmm. In like weird <laughs> 70s aesthetics. I Christ- with Maura Tierney. Yeah, and Christopher Walken as a detective. Mm-hmm. And that fun. other guy that shows up all the time in things and I can never remember his name. Yeah. <laughs> you, you do Ooh. that, but... Uh... Little Chrissy Pissy is going to go with, throw his, his weight behind, oh, brother, where art thou? It's just too easy. Yeah. It, I mean, it's too easy. Yeah. It not, not only is one of the more inventive Coen Brothers movies, it not only gave us a best-selling soundtrack of the year, it not only, it also like kind of pioneered a new format for the Coen Brothers. They've made a couple other movies like this, mm-hmm. which they can pack mm-hmm. full of celebrities as they get into different comic tableaus one at a time. But it also introduced me to Tim Blake Nelson and one of my favorite characters in the history of cinema, <laughs> Delmar. He is fantastic. I want. I wish there was a doll available I could sleep with. Little Delmar. <laughs> I could hold and fall asleep next to. Um, oh, brother, where art thou? That was the shit. Hmm. Ooh, Coen Brothers have two that's two yeah. yeah i almost want to say oceans 11 just because it's like perfect mm-hmm. uh, and the others which is wonderful i mean these are uh, it's all good i like them all you know what can i just steal tenon bombs from you do it because that'll all make right. my job easier all right royal tenon bombs okay great where are you going so I'm the royal tenon bombs time. is about oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> sarah's favorite movie um i am having a really hard time deciding between scotland pa because i don't think enough people have seen it i think it's absolutely delightful yeah. and pootie tang which oh i also Ooh. went to bat for and really enjoyed the fuck out of a monkey bone every just, one of these it's Do so it. hard for me with pootie tang because of its louis ck connection mm-hmm. Um, you can always advocate people steal it. And so I think that I'm going to go with Pootie Tang. Steal it, though. Don't let Louis C.K. get a him single have dollar. Yep, pirate it. It's so weird and funny and charming <laughs> and just made me so happy to watch because I love just a weird, funny, charming, you know, main character. So I'm going with Pootie Tang. Pootie okay. Tang. Goddamn. Cool. All, all right. Second to last one. Oof. Okay, this one's basically impossible for me. Mm. Session nine, Sexy Beast, Shaolin Soccer, Shrek, Spirited Away, Spy Kids, Super Troopers, Taylor Panama, Tape, and mm. The One with Jet Li. Who wants to go first? Because I All can right, I'll go it. first. Do it. Okay. It was hard for me to choose between Sexy Beast and Session nine, but I'm going Fair with enough. Session nine. Oh, what? going with horror. It's, it's scary. It's thrilling. It's. Does kind ha- of everything I like in a horror movie. It does have one of the better fuck you gifts on the internet. <laughs> exactly. Fuck you. Fuck you. Yeah. So <laughs> session nine, more people should see it. 
Whoa. That's fair. Okay, I, that's fuck this. Then I'm 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 swiping in and taking Spirited Away off the board because that movie right. okay. one of the best movies ever made. Because Spirited yeah, Away. I, I would have had to say movie. Yep, great. I I would have had to say that no matter what. It, it truly is a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. Similarly, I kind of want to go Shaolin Soccer. Huh? Even yeah. though I love Sexy Beast, I think it's fantastic. But Shaolin Soccer is just a crowd pleaser yeah. that everyone can watch and enjoy. Yeah, and there, there's almost nothing else like it in the world. It's I, just I, so much fun. I, 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 and I really do love Super Troopers. I do want to say that. I, and, but, yeah. yeah, and I, I totally like Spy Kids way more than I thought I would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the one is an incredibly wonderful bad movie. Yeah. It's so, so He picks up a motorcycle and hits a guy. Um, wow, I didn't know we were, ta- we were tearing ass through this. Okay. All right. Last Dan, one. This, one last... this last one is so hard, though. We've got... Not for me. These old broads, 13 days, 13 ghosts, one for each day, <laughs> tortilla soup, training day, waking life, wet, hot American summer, wit, y tu mama tambien, and Zoolander. Oh, this is difficult. <sighs> this is very hard for me. Not for the kids. Because is... it's it's super personal and it's been rewarding throughout the last couple of years. I a movie mm-hmm. I have literally made friends with. Wet on American Summer, I never came to town where I lived in. It came out on DVD, and I remember in the days before streaming, I would shepherd that thing like it was a briefcase full of money to people's house <laughs> and show them the way. And they were like, What the fuck? It's like the greatest movie ever. Why haven't I heard of this? So good. Made friends that way, and then later on, Dave and I would bond over all that all wet hot America. I have thrown out references to it to friends throughout the years. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. film. It'll never yep. ever be bad. It doesn't need to hold up right. because it's designed not to. No, um, is is there a better like three minutes than the going to town montage no. <laughs> in cinema history? No, it might it's be the so best perfect. montage of all time. I need some lube for my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, I love this movie, Wet American Summer, and it's okay. only it's only been, been slightly the only dour mark on it is the hobbiting of the Netflix series that I think they finally put a stop to. But like mm. after the second sequel, how many did they do? They did yeah. a a sequel and a prequel, and then a double sequel. I forget. I don't know. They were fun though. I mean, they they can't mm-hmm. the standards not there, but yeah. they were still a lot of fun. It's not like at the end of the Hobbit where I was like, I wish I hadn't watched that. <laughs> Right. That's true. I That's got true. a lot of laughs out of the Wet Hot American Summer show. So yeah, oh, so Wet Hot American Summer's the shit. Yeah, mm. how fast they kill Chris Pine was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> he saved friendship with a song. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just threw in a joke. <laughs> okay, I think I know where I'm gonna go, but I know this must be very hard for you, Sarah, because I see it's... Waking Life and Zoolander and Tortilla Soup, which is the, you're the only one to champion. Girl, you know me so well. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember right, any stuff you, you did. You go, and then I will. I need more time to ruminate. <sighs> All right. I'm not going to make it any easier for you, though. Oh. I'm going to mama también. Yeah, okay. me gusta, too. Me right. gusta, too. <laughs> That's just, don't watch it with your parents, but it's a mm. fucking great movie. <laughs> sure enough is. I'm glad you picked it. Because right. that was also on my list. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I love Training Day. I love Tortilla Soup. Mm-hmm. Such a good food movie. I love Waking Life, but I think I might be the only person on earth who loves Waking Life. Because, <laughs> yeah, I get it. It's pretentious, but I think it's also good and important. And I think just, like, watch it. Like, open your mind. It'll be great. But mm-hmm. obviously, it's Zoolander. Okay. It's one of the best comedies made ever, I think, in my opinion. Wow. And the second movie yeah. in this list to feature uh, Ben Stiller and Owen Wilson getting into a physical altercation. Wow. <laughs> hey. You know, obviously, I have a type. I, 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 was re- I had that in my notes rewatching Royal Tenenbaums. I'm like, ooh, does Wes Anderson think 
Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller getting in a comedic fight is new territory. Holy shit, have I seen this mm. 1,000 times. They do it in all of their movies together. Yeah. But also, I wonder, what is it Wes Anderson write with Owen Wilson anymore? Is it, it just was... Owen Wilson's too damn busy? Because I, I think that's, that's the last it. time they collaborated. It is. Well, I, I think it's the last time with Wes Anderson collaborated writing with anybody, maybe. It is. Yes. Or except for, like, you know, uh, Fantastic Mr. Fox and no. things yeah. that are adapted. Owen Wilson has had his ups and downs, too. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I was listening to a podcast where they were wondering if this was uh, autobiographical for him. Oh, and that Oh, God. He, he becomes a, a big fancy star, but what he's a star for is bullshit. <laughs> also, it pointed out that Wes Anderson was friends with a family named Tannenbaum, and he was that character of he mm-hmm. was the outsider who just wants to be part of the family. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, but then oh, okay. Owen Wilson did get into drugs and did have mental health problems. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so... Layers. Layers. Like I an also, onion, as Shrek would say. Oh, my God. I also have to say that I lo- one of the things I love about Royal Ten Bombs is also not only its references to Franny and Zoe, but mm. also to uh, the book from the Mixed Up Files of Mrs. Basil Frankweiler, which is one of my really? favorite books growing up. Yeah. Oh. Absolutely love it. Hmm. Or Mrs. Basil D. Yeah. Fork, yeah. fork. Look at that. Out of 75, right. we have whittled it down to, I don't know how many. but Like 30. It, not it, even. AI, Amelie, Bridget Jones Diary, Donnie Darko, Chocolat, Ghost World, In the Bedroom, Hedwig and the Angry Inch, Legally Blonde, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, The Man Who Wasn't There, Monkey Bone, O Brother, Where Art Thou, Pootie Tang, The Royal Tenenbaum, Se- Session 9, <laughs> Jesus, Sarah, Shaolin Soccer, Spirited Away, <laughs> uh, Wet Hot American Summer, E2, Mama Tembien, and Zoolander. Woo! Woo! Um, yeah. That'll be, that'll keep you busy for a couple weeks, guys. We're yeah. some good shit. Um, and also, we'll really bring you up. There's a yeah. lot of real uppers in this whole list yeah yeah and then uh also yeah, closing up like the... a bunch of downer indie movies that mm-hmm. like win fancy awards no those mm-hmm. are fun mm-hmm. um, okay closing out the year of television soul train airs its 1000th episode and man oh. you need to have seen all 999 to this to make any <laughs> sense that is but true it's that's true you're just not gonna get it so I, I always hated Soul Train because that meant cartoons were over. Uh, would, oh. <laughs> the cartoons ended, the Soul Train theme song started. That is a whole topic of it in and of itself, I yeah. think. The shows that you hate, not because of what they are, but what they signify to you as a period of time. Yeah, that mm-hmm. and like... I felt that same way about certain things. Uh, yep. I don't remember what I was watching, but In the Heat of the Night, that theme mm-hmm. song would come on after like oh, yeah. very, very young people things and like, ugh. <laughs> the Heat yeah. of the Night, I hate I just, you. I, I just don't like Soul Train in this Point because it was hosted by Shamar Moore, not Don Cornelius anymore. And it's like, no, Don Cornelius or nothing. Okay. And he better still be dressed like his 1976. <laughs> <laughs> um, One of these days, I'm going to write a Western that takes place in Mexico, and the big landowner is going to be named Don Cornelius. And I will think it's funny, and no one else will. <laughs> and then. Movie just uh, also on TV, Futurama's anthology of interest too. I love anthology of interest. Uh, they're like Simpsons Halloween specials. Yep. And uh, Sex and the City the one where the segments are uh, Bender tries to become human. Is the video game There's one? The video game one, Raiders of the Lost oh Arcade. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that one's fantastic. And the and, most... then, and the Wizard of Oz parody. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Sex and the City burns off six episodes from the end of its fourth season, starting with the Good Fight. Uh, technically not a debut or an ending, but it's 
taken like eight months off to hmm. air the last six episodes of the four season video games of 2001, December 31st, and uh, the beginning of two, two, 2002. Lilo and Stitch Pinball is all you have to look forward to. <laughs> but uh, I wanted to just talk about the best selling games real quick of, of 2001. And number one with a bullet by a long shot, Pokemon Gold Silver Crystal. It wow. all is qualified as one game despite being three, but they're, you know, pretty goddamn the same and sold over four million copies um, in, in, uh, in, in just in America and Japan alone. Wow. Final Fantasy X is, uh, is also, it's just weird, like Grand Theft Auto 3 didn't come out in Japan, so it, the, no? Yeah, like at of, all, or you mean it just hasn't yet? It hasn't yet, because I think uh. Capcom would eventually start publishing Grand Theft Auto over there. But yeah, it, the biggest selling game in the West doesn't even get a release this year. So it's like, huh, that's not really fair. This is why we don't, this is, these are harder to do than you think. Uh, but mm-hmm. Gran Turismo 3 is up there for, bo- for all territories, as is Metal Gear Solid 2, Sons of Liberty. And, of course, in America, just going to mention his name, R.I.P., Madden NFL 2002. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, We're going to turducken the body and (laughs) (laughs) bury him inside another guy. Uh, No. Oh, I've always wanted to go on Madden Superbus, though. That would have been really cool. He's got a two-story bathroom on there. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, massive because he's got a haul ass from one end of the country and refuses to fly. So I mean... It's it's like a full house back there. I, I just is this guy this good for refusing to fly and being this costly to send across the country, dude? Yes. Let's pick somebody worse. Yes, he was. Who will arrive on yeah. time? <laughs> yeah, I don't know because you're not I, a sports person, I'm so not. you've never heard bad color commentary. Mm-hmm. Damn, he was great. Okay. R.I.P. Yeah. Then let's go at it. Let's take us out of 2001. We got one segment left. Uh, you want something off the Royal Tenenbaum soundtrack? We have to yeah. go with something because we we barely mentioned the music. The music is oh so God. great nice. from start so to finish. Perfectly situated. Oh and man! I, of course, I love Needle in the Hay, and also we didn't even delve into the suicide scene, the mm-hmm. the attempted suicide scene, which is so heartbreaking and so well done. I think it's the best way you could do a scene like that without potentially being even more triggering. But again, I, you know, it is something to be cognizant of if you've never seen the movie. So Neil Hay is absolutely a perfect song, but however, I don't want to bum everyone out. So I would suggest Lindbergh Palace Hotel Suite just because all of the instrumentals by Mark Motherspot are yeah. so mm-hmm. good. They're so good. I, I know that's, so it's so shocking that it's mark mothersbaugh who yes. you know if you don't know is the guy from devo yes the he it guy. so good up in this soundtrack and, you know <laughs> and usually when he writes music it's something it it has a odd sound to it like the the rugrats theme you know he has he's a weird artsy sort of guy and he mm-hmm. does these like beautiful like string quintet pieces mm-hmm. that fit so well in royal tannenbaum so yeah at linden oh. lindbergh palace hotel suite I really love, but the, his use of Nico in this, because Nico is, you know, she sounds like a computer that's German mm-hmm. and <laughs> and she can be hard to use and yet yeah. uses it great. And also uh, the Christmas time is here by I, Vince that, there. That's It's the I only, the only production that. I'd ever seen use that music. And they use it multiple times Twice. to convey yeah. sadness. <laughs> 
But also, too, Judaism Punk by the Ramones yeah. and Me and Holy, Julio Down by the Schoolyard are two of the best montages put to film yes. ever. Mm-hmm. And, they and, and accompany once a, two fantastic montages. As a student, you know I fucking love a montage. A student oh, yeah. of radio at this point, because I was delivering food in my car, This the amount of oldies on the oldie stations were terrible. And the only time they'd introduce new ones are when Wes Anderson put them on a soundtrack. So I, <laughs> I never heard Me and Julio Down by the Schoolyard before this movie, and then I heard it every day afterwards. Mm. And you still see it in commercials and other productions now. It's it, it's just a joyful song. Mm-hmm. You, just, you can't. I just want to hop on the back of a, a garbage truck and go down to a dog fight again. Exactly. Yes, Wes Anderson hates dogs. Hates dogs. What the fuck? <laughs> that was one of those things that I never thought about before. Then watching this, like the that Ben Stiller's character is so hyper vigilant, you know, worried about his children's safety. And then the first time we see the kids away from him. He's clearly not told them about stranger danger. Some random old dude's like, hey, kids, come here. And they're like, okay, they're, we'll go like, with I'm you. I'm your grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, sure, cool. We'll go with you then. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Do you know who I am? Yeah. They knew we were. Yeah, just call yeah. me Pappy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch right. this again. <laughs> I Seriously, I, I feel like watching it again. Let's go. Let's watch um, it in the break. All right. Should we go with Lind- Lindbergh Palace Hotel Suite? Oh, yeah. Mark, let the, let the, the dead girl pick. <laughs> What? What? Did you say let the dead girl pick? <laughs> Jesus. What? You're the one dying in this episode. R.A.P. me. Yeah. So it's <laughs> a really good way to close out. All right. No, it's true. Sarah, Sarah said it's one of her favorite movies, like top three favorite movies of all time. Mm-hmm. It's true. So you, you get the pick. You got choices. Go for it. Yep. Lindbergh Palace Hotel Suite. Right. Rad. We'll be right back. All right. <laughs> internet and all the ships at sea it's time for diana's classic corner we go even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching and closing out 2021 and starting 2022 60 years ago this week 1962 new year's day as far as i can tell was the release of akira kurosawa's sanjiro the follow-up to yojimbo uh starring toshiro mifune as you know a samurai but it's basically a western and then they ripped them off and made westerns and stuff. Sandro, not quite as good as Yojimbo, but still, like, I have, I don't think I've seen a single Kurosawa movie that was like, well, that was a waste of my time. So, yeah, Sandro's kind of less well known and uh, it's really damn good. And then 70 years ago this week, coming out, apparently, New Year's Eve, 1961, The African Queen, written and directed by John Huston, starring Humphrey Bogart and Katherine Hepburn. And just for the sake of you, the listener, I started watching Disney's Jungle Cruise because I saw African Queen coming up and I've seen this movie probably a dozen times, but I wanted to see, can I hook it to something recent? And I can because the Jungle Cruise movie, which I didn't get that far into, I got other shit to do, man, also takes place during World War One, And I don't know why. Why Why are they, they Why are they African queening it up? Except they're, they're in South America now instead of being in Africa. I, I don't know, but I guess... I'll give Disney some credit to, you know, have some respect for the movie most people are probably going to think of when you're talking about a boat going down a river in a jungle. And uh, yeah, the African Queen, it's slow to get started, 
I freely admit that the opening takes way too long to actually get on the boat on the river. But then it's about Catherine Hepburn, who's like a bit prim and proper, and Humphrey Bogart, who's just a big drunk. And they're going down the river in Africa during World War One, And it literally has something for everything. There's a lot of comedy. There's adventure and action. There's romance. There's explosions. There's leeches. So <laughs> fun. You could watch it in double bill with uh, White Hunter Blackheart by Clint Eastwood, because that's about pretty much the making of this movie fictionalized because John Huston was a man's man who liked to go out there and punch wildlife. They could have filmed this in Tarzana. They could have filmed this in the Everglades. No, they went to Africa and they filmed it and they were all terrified and everyone got sick and they got attacked by snakes and it sounds like it was a terrible experience. But the African Queen is just a ton of fun. It's, it, you know, it's got something for everyone. So that's my recommend for this week. Happy New Year. Stay classic. I die real, cause that truth hurts and those lies heal. And you can't sleep thinking that he lies still, so you cry still. Tears all in a pillowcase. Big girls all get a little taste, ah. Pushing me away so I give a space, ah. Dealing with a heart that I didn't break. I'll be there for you, I will care for you. I keep thinking you just don't know. Coming into the final show of 302010 sixth season, Take Care by Drake featuring Rihanna. How appropriate. Mm. New releases for music this week. Not a damn thing. December 31st, 2011 through January 6th, 2012. We are officially ringing in the new year in this episode, but we'll do it way more so next year. We Found Love by Rihanna featuring Calvin Harris is still number one. Go, Rihanna. Wonder if she'll make the top-selling albums of 2011. Let's see. I'm shocked that there are two Christmas albums yeah. that make the top ten of the year. Weird. Yeah, that's pretty insane. But now, yeah. that, I'm, now that I see who they're by, huh? Uh, Own the Night by Lady A is number 10. Number 9, Watch the Throne, uh, Jay-Z and Kanye West. I can't believe that's so low. Yeah. Honestly. Number 8, Under the Mistletoe by Justin Bieber. The Biebs. There you go. Christmas album number 1. Take Care by Drake is number 7. Sign No More by Mumford & Sons is number 6. Kind of surprised by that. Yeah. Mm. That's that high. It was everywhere, though. People love their Mumfords. They love their stomps and claps. It's, uh, yeah, they, they do. Had to have their old brother vibes 10 years later somewhere on the charts. Uh, my washboard out. My, my Kind of Party by Jason Aldean. Number five. Number four, The Carter Four by Lil Wayne. Number three, Born This Way by Lady Gaga. And number two, Christmas by Michael Buble. And number one, 21 by Adele. I think this says, once again, women be buying most of the albums this year. <laughs> yeah, that's um, a good perhaps. point. Yep. Yeah, that Those would explain the top two. Like they'd be more popular with women than with men. Mm. Mm-hmm. Women, gays, and theys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't, I don't, and I don't mean to put anybody's masculinity in check here, but I don't know any, I've never talked to a dude about Michael Buble. Not ever. <laughs> no. And then what's also surprising is three of them are on Rolling Stone's top 500 greatest albums list. Wow. Okay. That's a, way is... more than any other previous segment. Yeah. Uh, Eric Church is chief. Born This Way by Lady Gaga, Adele 21, and Drake Take Care are all on Rolling Stone's 500 album, greatest albums of all time list. Whew. Oh, my goodness. Nice. Okay. God damn it. I just got a glance at this. This 2000, 2011 new words added to the dictionary by Merriam-Webster. Here we go. Arab Spring. Timely. That Mm -hmm. makes sense. That Mm -hmm. was a big story last year. Blockchain. Oh, the thing that's ruining everything now. Again, but still feels like five years early. Does someone want to 
tell me what that is? <laughs> like, I still, literally, my sister's boyfriend is involved with that, and he has told me what his job is probably half a dozen times, and I still don't get that. <laughs> I still, I, I remember uh, one of the smartest people I know, Tyler Wilde, I asked him, because he usually can explain these things to me, and I asked him, can you explain to me the blockchain and crypto? And he's like, and he sighed. He's like, you know, I've really just been hoping it'll go away before I have to learn about what it is. And like, <laughs> I've never felt a sentiment so hard in my life. Like, I just hope it goes away before I have yep. to understand this. I, do, I, I don't know. Boomerang child? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Is that? Yep. That's so kid? common. We like don't even need to bother with the term anymore. That's I, I've never who... heard anybody use that. Is that just a kid going back and forth between parents? No. No. No, that's someone who's moved out for college, started their career possibly, and came right back because the economy sucks and living oh. at home is cheaper. Yep. Yeah. And or also to take care of aging parents. Like, right. The thing that annoys me about that term is that I get it. I get where it came from because mm. it was kind of a newer idea at that time in 2011. But actually, the idea of like adult children living with their parents is not a new idea only at all. Uncommon it's in this a country. ancient idea. Mm-hmm. It's only until pretty modern times has the idea that we have to be out and dependent on our own has mm-hmm. really like taken, I don't know. I, that's the whole thing that got me very annoyed about like the economy collapsing and people having to move home back to their, with their parents and making it seem like that is a, you know, sign of you haven't done well enough or you mm. failed in some way. Like, no, that's not how society has been set up for there's, most of society. Yeah. There's a lot of reasons to move back home. Yes. Hopefully you're paying rent and your parents aren't doing your laundry. Like, sure, sure. You know, have some independence. Like, I, yeah, if I move back in with my parents and they started asking me, like, where I was and what time I'm coming back, mm-hmm. that wouldn't, no. I, uh-huh. I, but I, <laughs> this is neither here nor there, but I remember I tried to move back in with my parents and they said, no (laughs) they said said no and i'm like do you understand if i just don't pay rent for like two years i am on the course for being set for life one year of no bills Mm -hmm. no you gotta pay your share of bills and and my parents are like we know nobody does that that would be paying your share of bills to your boomer parents lifestyle it's Mm. still (laughs) their cable plan constantly pisses me off style wise i mean honestly Mm. you'd be fine i don't know their cable plan is infuriating do you, who needs this many showtimes? It needs to be a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. We also have Cougar. That, that seems way late. It does. Way for, late. Because I think, I think Cougar Town is on television. Exactly. Yeah. I, I feel like Cougar and MILF showed up at about the same time in like 99, 2000. Yeah, that's an American Pie term. Uh, exactly. We got Fist Bump. Fist also bump. seems kind of late. Yeah. And yeah. feels like it doesn't even need to be there because it, it is what it says it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, tweet. Which, you know, wasn't always yeah. self-explanatory. And helicopter parent. And those are parents who hover over, dode, do, dode over their children? Don't. Am I correct? Dote? Yeah. Dote up a kid? It's funny because boomerang child and helicopter parents, two things that are absolutely invented and uh, completely made by boomers. <laughs> yep. And yet they are the ones to criticize it the most. Mm-hmm. Yep. how that works out. I think you should get a trophy for that. I do too. I'm gonna I'm gonna file it in with uh, NASCAR dads in terms I'll never need. Oh yeah, NASCAR dads. NASCAR dads. There are some movies out in 2011. Oh my god, quite a few actually. Norwegian Wood. 
um, with yep. some Japanese people in there. Yeah, um, uh, Rinko Kikuchi. It, you might recognize from stuff. No. I, uh, it's adapted from the Murakami book. Yes. Uh, reviews were sort of, mm-hmm. eh, it's technically a 2010 movie finally getting its release at the beginning of 2012 in the U.S. And uh, a lot of them, most of the reviews I read were like, clearly people who had read the book and were like, how dare you, sir? I mean, look, I haven't read Norwegian Wood, you, but I've read some either. Murakami and how do you even make that shit into a movie? I don't know. Like, yeah. I just don't know how you're going to do it. It is one of the more recommended books that I have never read. And this yeah. is when yeah. I was reading a lot. And also out this week, whew, man, Brett Cullen, Devin Workheiser, Stephen Lunsford, Amy Teagarden, adorable name, Tony Aller and Dennis Quaid, Beneath the Darkness. Yeah. yeah, this movie barely exists. I think it made like $7,000. Um, wow. But it's... Suppose it's listed as a black comedy, but also sort of a slasher, which it's always hard to tell if something is labeled a black comedy, like, and it has a terrible Rotten Tomatoes score. Those things usually go together. Like, that means it might be a good black comedy because mm. black comedies just don't work for everybody. But yeah, I, teens are in peril at some point. I don't know. I, mm. I just want to move on to the other good stuff. Whew. Yeah, this 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 very holiday, I found out the next movie is from one of my dad's favorite authors, which I had no idea. Oh, and yes. we went, we went, we were in a Most dad's favorite authors. We were in a Pine Mountain bookstore looking for authors, and he he says he just texted me, "I'm finishing up Smiley's trilogy right now, yeah. or whatever." Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, and starring no every grumpy British actor. You're right. It's like what all the men who didn't do Harry Potter movies were up to. Uh, they they were all in Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, Carrie yeah. and Hines, uh, Stephen Graham, Benedict Cumberbatch, Kathy Burke, John Hurt, Mark Strong, Tom Hardy, Colin Firth, Gary Oldman, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy. You're no longer in the service. Only an outsider can find the double agent. I'll do my utmost. From the bestseller by John Le Carre. All I want from you is one code name. It will take a master spy. You're alone. You can't mention me. To catch a spy. You have to assume they're watching you. What the hell are you doing up here? Things aren't always what they seem. Tinker Taylor Soldier Spy. Ah. Wait to die. Man, I oh, made man. my third attempt to watch and enjoy this movie, and it has been mm. real rough. One, don't do it on a plane. It's too quiet. Yep. Yeah. You'll never hear anything. I, I've held off on watching any of the Tinker Taylor Smiley series because mm-hmm. I'm telling myself I'm going to read the books first. I'm a real big read the book first type of person. And my family has read, like my mom, my sister, and my dad have all read all the John Le Carre novels. Wow. <laughs> Somehow I have not done it. So I keep putting this off. So I'm like, I'm going to read it first, then I'm going to watch it. It's going to be this great experience. Yeah. Mm. My dad loves John Le Carre. It's kind of his deal. Yeah. I, I, I didn't this, know that. My, and this got, I think, great reviews, right? This like, got really, really, really good reviews. Yeah. Uh, I, it is definitely one that would say it is not for everyone because it is dry yeah. as hell. It is really like, I, I, I hope you're not looking for Mishpas because, mm-hmm. yeah, John Le Carre, uh, everyone says that his novels feel very real, that they're incredibly based on reality, mm-hmm. and reality spying is fucking boring yeah the spy craft of it all is very dry like writing on a little tiny piece of paper and then like did it but it's not yeah. like exciting in any way yeah. no it's not exciting it's the like finding the one little thing that mm-hmm. you could use to do and this is about like hunting for a mole mm-hmm. and so we've got all these super super british dudes being very dry at each other about like 
could it be so-and-so? I don't know. <laughs> Do you trust him? I don't trust you. But I don't trust Tom Hardy. But Tom Hardy doesn't trust John Hurt. John Very well. Hurt looks sad. Well, John Hurt always looks sad. Could well, he be a mole? I don't know. It is that. Tea very slowly. Yes, yeah, slowly looking at each other quizzically. <laughs> and then slowly drinking tea for two solid hours. It is, like, if you can get into it, it's, like, really cool. But it is very, very slow. And you really have to pay attention to everything. You can't look at your phone or anything. You will get lost right. immediately. And I was it, I was watching it before, and then I fell asleep. And I'm like, all right, uh, maybe I can pick up what's happening. Like, there's a new protagonist. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I feel like fuck? Jalakare, it's basically, it, it deserves those books. That universe deserves its own subculture genre, yeah. just like J.R.R. Tolkien stuff yeah. does. Because it does have its own language. It does have its own like fans of all the various like tiny characters. It's a huge universe. But nobody talks about that subculture because it's mainly dads who don't go to cons. <laughs> and their we costumes should... are not interesting. Oh, we should start a con for them. We and we should. can have big panels arguing whether it was right to make this into a movie or if it should have stayed a miniseries starring Alec Guinness, which is it was before. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. John Le Carre, maybe one of our most adapted modern novelists, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I a, mean, there's a lot. So many TV shows, miniseries, sorry, movies. Just. Yeah. Didn't we? I, we just had Taylor of Panama. Yep. That's one of the things I was talking about. Constant yeah. Gardner. Constant Gardner. Yep. Smiley's people, people, Night Manager. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool, actually. That miniseries. Night Manager was that. great. I liked yeah. it a lot. Yeah, so, oh, also I should point out, uh, directed by Thomas Alfredson, who did Let the Right One In. Mm, oh, fantastic. And I... Love that? <sighs> yeah, I I feel like his career is stalling out a little bit, or maybe just his English career, because, yeah, I, I think he, he did The Snowman, which was, you know, a disaster, mm. and haven't seen too much of him since then. But, well, yeah, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, if you are into dry Britishness... Yes. Then Spy yeah, I fucking rule. The Cold but, War. Oh yeah, and then like by the end, the payoff is finally like, oh fuck, like it it, it works, but you have to pay so much attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've always had mm-hmm. the toughest time with that, given that I wasn't able to see this in theaters. But it is on HBO Max if you mm-hmm. care to stream it. Jala Carey, I think, is one of our greatest modern novelists, and he just recently died. And so, there, honestly, mm-hmm. if you're hunkering down. A lot of us are right now with everything that's going on in the world. There's probably not a better time to pick up a yeah. new author to explore, honestly. Yeah. Because his world is vast. That That is true. And I, I'm bummed, though, because I feel like this is a, a really strong underplayed Gary Oldman performance where, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you you he's not showing you everything, but you can tell that there's a lot more going on behind his eyes and stuff. And there was a lot of people saying, like, this needed to be his Oscar, like, even if it's a career award. Instead, it's the fucking Churchill movie. Dude, my mom. He really deserved it. Watched that while we were on vacation, and I was equal parts cringe and laughing at that film. Holy shit, is that film stupid. The Churchill one? The dark, yes. It is so silly. He is screaming all the time. (laughs) The only Churchill should be Lithgow, because he is the screamer, our preeminent screamer. Oh, so good. It, oh, God damn oh, what it. Oh, the one I like? There was an Albert Finney one made for HBO yeah, that I quite I enjoyed. Yeah. What yep. is the devil inside? Why have I never heard of the number one movie at the box office before? Because it's 
another cheap ass found footage movie. Uh, it cost wow. all of a million dollars to make. It made wow. a hundred times that. Ooh. I don't know why it's number one, except that just like there's not a lot the out. fancy stuff is out, and mm-hmm. that's just not interesting. People. Yeah, they dumped so all the Oscar goes. Yeah. Devil inside. I didn't even see this one on our list. <laughs> Down. The subject is Maria Rossi. Maria, I'm your daughter. Down. I need to find out if she's possessed. Please help my mother. This is a combination of science and religion. Listen to it. Who are you? Everyone knows me. The Devil Inside. Very scary. Devil Inside. Yeah. And... The reviews are atrocious. Yeah, it looks kind of bad. And one of only 22 films on CinemaScore to get an F from the audience. <laughs> wow. That's pretty rough. And then its box office drops off uh, like 80% into the next week. The word of mouth is that bad. Wow. Yep. Uh, oh, 5% on Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a found footage exorcism movie. Woo. Well, uh, this... I, I just want to move on to the best of the year. Right. It sounds like a good a time as any to get into the highest grossing films of 2011. So we close it out for the last time. Number 10, Thor. Number nine, Sherlock Holmes, Game of Shadows. Number eight, Cars 2. Number seven, Mishposh 4, Ghost Prot. No one calls it Woo. that. Uh, Mission Impossible, Ghost <laughs> Protocol, in case you don't know what we're talking about. Fast Five is number six. Pirates 4 is number five. This is getting confusing. Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger <laughs> Tides. Is that four? I forget. Uh, the Hangover yes. Part 2 is number four. The Twilight Saga Part... God damn it! Breaking Dawn Part... <laughs> the Twilight it's Saga bra- Part 4, Breaking Dawn Part 1 is number three. Transformers 3 is number two. And Harry Potter 7 Part 2 is number one. Oh. That is depressing. <laughs> oh. I don't like that. Oh Not in the Silence of the Lambs to be found in no. any of this. Yeah. Th- Thor is the only first movie. And even <laughs> even his hammer yeah. was in an Iron Man movie. Yeah. Uh, and Hangover 2 is the only comedy. Wow. Okay, that list is a stone cold bummer. It really, it really is. When like, even though I love some of these movies, I love Harry Potter, but it's just like again, if you like ten years before or after, like yeah, my favorite movie, the highest grossing was the fifth Fast movie and the fourth Mission Impossible. (laughs) Those are the ones I think are the only good ones. Oh my goodness! But that's oh, it is pretty cool. You know, it's ten years from the first Harry Potter to the last Harry Potter, Mm -hmm. and they are both the highest grossing films of the year. And the National Film Registry, we have to exist for 10 years to qualify. Yep. And so nothing from 2011 is in the National Film Registry now. Yes. But now they all qualify, including all these movies we're about to talk about. Yes, because we're going to do it one last time, baby. We we recommended the 2011 movie 70 this year. 70, which is way more than I remember. I should not do my rewatches in order because I, I tend to 2011 always slips me by there there my secrets out you've listened this long as before alphabetical order and we're going to pick our three favorites from these random groupings starting with 127 hours 30 minutes or less 50 50 the adventures of tintin arthur christmas the artist attack the block the beaver beginners and the best exotic marigold hotel Ooh, yeah. I know what I want. This, this is tough. Oh, well, if you, you got, Go you know it. what you want. Go for it. I strongly feel Attack the Block should be yeah. on here. Great. Love yeah, it. That Great was a, a front runner. Mm-hmm. Damn. I'm honestly, I'm strangely torn between Tintin and 50-50. Wow. It. It's a weird place Very to be. Very surprising for mm-hmm. me. I kind of want to go with Tintin because I feel like he's <laughs> not excited like, about it. That like, took me like, by surprise. Like that movie yeah, was going to be that like, fun. Like you did, Chris. You mm-hmm. just sort of 
wrote it off as like, eh, it's a, I don't know, some cartoon I don't know anything about. And then you watch it and you're like, well, fuck, if, if that I was really good. If I didn't say it, like, I have never seen an animated movie that's done better because it is motion captured. This is the only good example of that that I have ever seen. I'm talking to you, Zemeckis, and your Beowulf, yep. your stupid Polar Express, and your Christmas Carol movies. Those are terrible. Uh, Tintin's the only good version of that. And again, I think I heard Peter Jackson say, still still in the cods. Still want to do a mm-hmm. Tintin movie. Okay. Um, that, I believe be you. It's been 10 years. Yeah. Get on it, buddy. Yeah. All right. Quit playing well, with your Beatles documentary. I have had actually a hard time deciding between mm-hmm. uh, Beginners, which I think is the obvious choice for me, but also The Beaver really spoke to me a lot. Wow. I mean, you know, Mel Gibson is a problem <laughs> person. A, a funny mm-hmm. sentence. Not someone <laughs> not someone that we really want to throw our support to. But the depiction of depression I talked about in The Beaver was so well done that it was almost triggering for me. And I found that to be really interesting and healing in a lot of ways. But yeah. I was going to say, and beyond the Mel Gibson of it all, Jennifer Lawrence and Anton Yelchin are great in it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So it's a really interesting movie with very interesting performances and very interesting explorations. But I got to give it to beginners as far as a movie that is just so beautifully, beautifully done and a beautiful exploration of what it's like to really come into your own at the end of your life and still find joy and happiness and beauty, especially when it comes to sexuality. And so, yeah, I got Christopher Plummer is so wonderful in it. I miss him. Fantastic. Same. Next next grouping, mm, the big year, Blue Valentine, Bridesmaids, Captain America, the First Avenger, Carnage, Cedar Rapids, Contagion, A Dangerous Method, The Debt, and The Descendants. Ooh, this is a very hard one for me, y'all. Yeah. Very hard. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I want to take the easy one off the table then. Please. Bridesmaids. Of course. Yeah, I thought that was... That was... I think it literally is one of the best movies of the 2010s now. A hundred percent it is. Rewatching it was so much better i only remembered the funny jokes and i just in 10 years like the the emotional stuff about feeling like a failure and the friendships changing and growing and like so much of the reality that you don't see in something like the hangover mm-hmm. bridesmaids fucking nails uh, mm-hmm. that that would have been mine so i want to go before sarah so make it hard on her Okay. I'm just going to say on Bridesmaids, like, again, a movie about friendship. The best movie about female friendship that I've seen that since Thelma and Louise, honestly, mm-hmm. to bookend mm-hmm. it. Yeah, Bridesmaids really, is, is, and, is... And really, truly cuts the heart of how female friendships, or friendships in general, I don't want to just classify them as free, female, but the way they are depicted, like, are just as important, if not more fraught as romantic relationships it shows mm-hmm. a friendship breakup which is like heartbreaking yeah so yes i love bridesmaids so much. and it's Go tough because i really like everything on this yeah, yeah. i really enjoyed and I, I i'm just gonna give it to contagion because oh, it was <laughs> oddly it end up haha ironically being the movie i watched the most around this time period even though it was last year but for a movie to all of a sudden a, a completely 100 fictional movie mm-hmm. to achieve relevance because of a, a real world incident 10 years later is kind of something I don't remember happening before that this was, it became number one, 10 years from being released despite no promotional effort yeah. just because of how relevant and, and watching it now, watching it a year ago, especially it would have mm. blown your fucking mind. Like I mean, why it, there's no conspiracy theories targeting Steven Soderbergh for having all these terms <laughs> and talking about vaccines and social distancing, yeah. like mm-hmm. years before they were relevant to the average 
um, like Western audience. Yeah, they just need to be replaying that clip of Kate Winslet telling her uh, coworker with an exasperated voice, "Stop touching your face." Yes. Like, <laughs> they need to replay that over and over in like airports and train stations. Oh yes, Contagion God. is fantastic, and I love Steven Soderbergh so much. And yep. listen to our Plague movies. Yeah. LT episode it's very good yeah. um so great y'all's choices freed me up to pick a dangerous method yay yes i oh, love okay. it so much oh yeah freud um, be fucking freud be fucking <laughs> young be fucking i love spankings all around i love cronenberg <laughs> and this is such a fun cool interesting movie that really exposes you to some people that i they do not make enough films about, honestly. Like, make more movies about Freud and Young and their friendship because I want to know everything. I've been reading a lot of Young recently. He's very important. Freud was a weirdo cokehead who had a lot of <laughs> dumb ideas and a couple of good ones. And Young was a real weirdo who had a lot of great ideas and a lot of weird ones, too. So, <laughs> a dangerous <laughs> method is fantastic. Whew. Yeah. All right. Yeah, uh, I I hadn't finished it by the time we were talking about it mm -hmm. on the show, and then I finished it right after we finished talking about oh. it. And having watched it as a double, basically a double feature with shame, watching wow. Fassbender play oh, very different characters who are both very interested in talking about sex all the time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I, I, I do in my mind. so good in a dangerous method. He is like so uptight with like, and now I shall clinically spank you because that's what you said you like. Mm -hmm, <laughs> like oh mm -hmm. my god. The, the most so crazy. unfunny, unintentionally hilarious scenes in two movies of this year <laughs> were people in the throes of addiction, both Michael Fassbender in Shame and Chris Rock in New Jack City, <laughs> one crying while smoking crack and the other crying while in a threesome, are the most unintentionally hilarious scenes I encountered outside of a Kenneth Branagh movie this year. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know the important thing we missed about the Chris Rock scene? He's wearing a shirt with the American flag on it. <laughs> I wonder I mean, if that's, that's symbolic. Uh, oh yes. my god. I think that yes. should be somebody I gif it just it. so you can like leave it as a response for your friend's bad opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, next okay. grouping. Maybe into the next one. Mm. Dirty girl, drive, drive angry, fast five, final destination five, oh. friends with benefits, fright night. The girl with the dragon tattoo, the green hornet, and the guard. Yeah, this is all, this is, the whole show. This is the hardest one for me so far. Really? Yep. Okay. Okay. That okay. that is tough because we have talked about girl with the dragon tattoo. Mm -hmm. We just talked about it. it's fantastic. Green hornet, I feel like is underrated. It was actually a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Drive angry is a great pulpy bad movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I, I had the most. Same with kind of like almost like Fast Five, but sillier. I but, think Fast Five is like a personally one of my. I hope one of you picks it because I think it's mm -hmm. I, not personally the the most one of the most important films of this year because it, it is. Well, then pick it already. Damn. Yeah. Well, it. the the best time I had doing this show was a rewatching Drive and b discovering the Fright Night remake. Mm. And and I yes, those, Fright Night remake was so fucking good. Yeah, I already I already had my you know popcorn thrills with Fast Five, but like Drive and Fright Night have been reintroduced to movies. I think I might watch once a year from here on out, mm -hmm. and and they weren't there before. So okay, I, I think I what? Well, no, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. No, I I'm, think one of you should go with Fright Night. I'm gonna go with Fright Night. Needs someone championing it. I, Fright Night People is, have heard amazing. of Drive. Drive was so good though. God yeah. damn! But Fright Night, Fright Night was like out of nowhere. I it think was so much fun. It was great. 
really, really and, great. And people are ha- the the actors you can watch are having a fun time making this movie. It, it might mm-hmm. be because Colin Farrell has entered into like this amazing. I am a a tier character actor portion of his career, but the previous career of I'm very handsome and, and a leading man. This is my favorite <laughs> performance of Colin Farrell in a movie like it's that. So good. He's and awesome. It's so fun. It's campy. Mm-hmm. It's it. I, I don't know if we're going to call it horror comedy, but it definitely verges yeah, into that territory. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I loved it. I, I It was a very fun experience. I'm so glad you picked it. Oh, God. I just feel, I felt a little pressure there because I, it really could have gone either way to Drive or Fast Five. Yeah. I, can I, I'll just go ahead and say I'm going to pick Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. No. <laughs> yeah, I feel like those inevitable. Someone, yeah, either but it's, that it's worth or drive. It. I mean, someone. If you weren't here, this this would have been much more difficult for me because that movie is fucking worth picking. It's yeah. so good. It's so fantastic, and mm. it's it's. I know I said this. We just talked about it recently, so we're retreading things that are very recent. But it's just as good as the Swedish version, mm-hmm. and uh, the acting is just as good. And I also found it very life affirming, and and ultimately a very empowering watch Mm -hmm. and also again cannot be said enough one of the best openings of all time Mm. opening credits Mm. and one of the best trailers of all time yep thank you karen fantastic die bring this bring this around all right i'm going to go crazy time i'm going to say the guard no because that's the movie that fewer people have heard of and i want to champion it just like the fright night remake Mm -hmm. where the Guard is a buddy cop comedy starring Brendan Gleeson and Don Cheadle in Ireland. And Brendan Gleeson is so fucking funny in it, where he is a, a drunk ass cop who spends all his money on sex workers and isn't racist, but like saying racist things to embarrass people. And it's, you know, he just, you know, stumbles into this like drug murder and he just does not give a shit. He's like, fuck, I don't, oh, I have to fill out paperwork. <laughs> It is ridiculously funny, and it barely got released in the U.S., and I don't, I don't know why. The Guard is a terrible title because it's so forgettable. Yes. But uh, think Irish Lethal Weapon. <laughs> it's, I'm in. Yeah. I mean, just the opening scene is one of the funniest gags I've ever seen. He's just sitting in, in a cop car, bored as hell. This car comes flying by, spins out, flips over, and he goes, <sighs> and then he drives up to the scene oh the car's trashed up that kid's dead he like pulls out his wallet it's like oh there's a dead kid's name johnny huh finds a tab of probably ecstasy or acid in there and then takes it and just sort of looks off in the distance like oh i've got to do fucking paperwork now he's too old for the shite he's too old for this shite yeah the guard i don't know why it didn't get much of a release in the u.s it is a lot of fun Mm. oh okay so yeah i gotta champion the little guy Ooh, okay, next one. Hannah, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Mm. Hugo, I Love You, Philip Morris, Jumping the Broom, Kung Fu Panda 2, Limitless, Margin Call, Martha Marcy May Marlene, and Midnight in Paris. I don't like the bias you showed towards Philip Morris there, but otherwise, great list. <laughs> I think we all know my pick. I'm mm-hmm. not sure that I do. Do you think, oh. you, do you, think you know mine? I think maybe. No, I don't actually. Because uh, I, th- there's... I Love You, Philip Morris might be one of the funniest comedies of this year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, very, very good and we're seeing. But as in terms of like alone, sad 40-year-old Chris crying rewatches, Harry Potter 2 and Hugo. 
but ultimately, I'm going to give it to to Hugo. Yeah, Yeah. Hugo was an immensely fun rewatch and one of the most lovable Martin Scorsese movies for reasons that don't have anything to do with Martin Scorsese and what he usually makes. It's just so different. Yeah, and for film lovers, Mm. it's a movie for film lovers. Absolutely. Uh, I'm stuck because Hannah is great. Oh. Is a Hannah's banger. So good. I feel like I have to go with I Love You, Philip Morris, because it's another one fewer that. people have heard of. And it's one where I watched it again for this show. I started talking to Michael about it and I basically said, we're going to watch it again. I want to watch <laughs> yes. it again so you can see it because it's so fun. It's so fun. It's so good. It's so capery. It's so... <sighs> I don't know. Every turn is a new thing that you just don't really expect with the movie. I love yeah. it. I loved mm-hmm. every second of it. Yeah. I think it might be my favorite Jim Carrey performance. Yeah. Wow. Oh, ooh, I Man. love that. I think I might throw that gauntlet down. Wow. It's, it's, it plays to so many of his strengths. I but may he not never disagree. over he doesn't over the top it the way he does even in Truman Show. Yeah, I may not disagree with you on that, honestly. Yeah. All right, well then I have to give it to Margin Call. Yay. In honor of my husband, Sam. Because... That's what I thought. I remember you saying he watches it like every couple weeks. Yeah. We watch Margin Call a lot in this house. And honestly, it's been fantastic to help me understand the financial collapse that we all had to go through. Mm. And it's it's just a great primer in the in that whole situation. It's treat it's it treats a financial crisis like an action movie. Mm. And yeah. the acting is fantastic. And I just, I absolutely love it. Every time I'm like, wait a minute, what exactly happened in the, in the financial crisis that ruined <laughs> all of our lives? Okay, I can just go back to Margin Call and it pretty much exists. Margin Call. Next yeah. grouping. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Moneyball. The Muppets. My Week with Marilyn. The Other Woman. Our Idiot Brother. Paul. The Perfect Host. Puss. And Boots. And Rango. Wow. Mm-hmm. Those are I'm scared. Those are a lot of I'm fun scared. things that I uh, I hadn't I, things that I hadn't taken the time with, like our idiot brother that mm-hmm. I ended up really enjoying. So good, or right? things like Moneyball that it's like I should not like this. It's about baseball statistics, yeah, and they make it so interesting and yep. so exciting. Yeah, somehow turned turned things I don't like, like math and baseball, into one of my favorite math and baseball movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and then and then I have something like. Um, Rango, which I, I don't know, maybe Diana was one of the first people I know to be, like tell me like Rango's a little different as far as an animated movie goes. It's it's mm-hmm. it's weird and it it's it has a different flavor and it holds up real well. Yeah, and it was such uh, a fun the, rewatch the this year. Animation quality is great. The directing by Gore Verbinski is fantastic. The, I think that's my pick. Oh, good because good. I think yeah, I, that's I, Rango is something like kids will. I don't know how much kids will like it because it is a very dirty and ugly movie because it's a western about people not having water so (laughs) so little little kids no they're gonna want to watch cars too but Mm -hmm. you know 10 and up it might blow their minds it's beautiful to look at the story is seriously chinatown but for kids the voice acting is great all around yeah again you know johnny depp sorry but ned Beatty terrorizing the children with his voice uh, just the, like the, Toy Story again if you don't remember us talking the voice acting i don't know of a cg movie that's been made like that is bob burger style people improving or at least bouncing off one another in the same space so yeah. it it doesn't sound like lines delivered into a void it sounds like these actors are interacting with one another and animated movies don't always sound like that no, rango rarely. stands out mm-hmm. yeah no R- rango is 
Yeah, it just looks like it's going to be some sort of Pixar knockoff, and it's just gorgeous yeah. and fun and funny and, and weird. weird. Mm-hmm. And uh, in terms of not weird, sorry, it's just been Christmas. The Muppets is a great movie. I love The Muppets so dearly. This is a fucking mm-hmm. wonderful film. I hope to God in the next th- few years, Disney decides to sell The Muppets back to the Henson Company because yeah. I don't think they have any idea what to do with them. But for one hot second before they per- purchased Marvel and Star Wars, they had the time and the interest. And this mm-hmm. is the proof. We should not forget that because there's plenty The Muppets can do 10 years later that they're not doing. And uh, I miss them and I want some more Muppets. Muppets. The Muppets. Yay. Well, damn. I can't believe y'all are making me choose between a very fun movie that we all think that I'm going to choose and also a movie that I think should be champion that nobody watched. Mm. Because for me, it's between Mishpas, Ghost Pro, and The Perfect Toast. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I you know I love me, my Tommy Cruise. Mm-hmm. Unitooth as he is. <laughs> but The Perfect Host was such a weird, wild, fun ride that was, <laughs> I wouldn't even call it necessarily a good movie. I just called it a wild and weird movie. And so for that reason, I think a lot of people have seen Mishpas Ghost Pro. And you can also listen to us talk about it on the Mishpas uh, Laser Time. Right. I'm going to pick The Perfect Host. Whoa. Perfect. All right. Yes. Champion the indie film. Yeah. Because it is a fucking weird movie that will just kind of throw you for a loop, takes you on a ride. Again, I don't know if it's great, but I do know it's fun. Mm. Okay. Next grouping. Real Steel. Rio. Rise of the Planet of the Apes. A. Separation. The Skin I Live In. Somewhere. Source Code. Super. Super 8. And Take Shelter. Man, I can't believe they made that many of those movies in one year. Yeah. Uh, Never Mm. mind. mind. Sorry. Wow. All right. Well. I know what I'm picking. Uh-huh. It's definitely Rise of the Planet of the Apes. What? That's yep. what you're picking? Oh, Stealing it from picking. Chris. I yeah. thought that would be his pick. It, Sorry. I thought All it right, would be free too. Him up to do something else. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm freeing you to pick something else. Good. This is the movie that got me into watching some Planet of the Apes. Wow. <gasps> oh, that's right. Sweet. Sarah finally watched the original this year. Yep. Just based on during this period. And I loved it. Yeah, I love Planet of the Apes. And uh, yes, if you haven't listened to the show, I think... This is one of the more successful reboots of any franchise I've ever seen happen that doesn't yeah. it doesn't follow any of the events of the previous films, but it doesn't negate them either. It's just almost entirely new. Wonderful, great technology, moving film, great characters, Caesar rules. But in terms of my my one of again, this is going back to one of my favorite viewings in involving this job, mm-hmm. Real Steel. Yeah. I had so much that fun with was Real such Steel. A treat. I thought it was so wonderful and moving and just, this should have been so stupid, so stupid. And <laughs> I wrote it off for years as being something incredibly stupid. But as shocked as I was, I remember like, but this is a huge crowd pleaser, made its money, um, and for good reason. It is a, a great family family uh, orbiting sports movie with yeah. robots and technology. It's fucking wonderful. Real Steel is the shit. Mm. Whew. All right. This this is tough. Yeah. Because I... I tiny bit want a champion source code because I feel yeah. like it got ignored and it's pretty good. Huh. It's pretty good. And I kind of want to champion a separation because it's probably literally the best movie of 2011, but it's also <laughs> one of those indie movies that's just a super downer. And I feel like it doesn't need me to champion it. It got a ton of praise. So 
I feel like I'm going to split the difference on Super Downer and Entertaining, go with Take Shelter. Hell yeah. Oh. Yeah. Take Where it's, it's it might be kind of hard to watch these days because things just feel so fraught and fragile. Apocalyptic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think it's just super well done. And it's just got an incredible performance centering it. And it just it stays interesting the whole time. See, this is how you depict mental illness, a beautiful mind. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful mind. And this is, this is I think, going to be the toughest category. Oh, shit. Because mm-hmm. uh, everyone might be racing over the final film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Thor, The Three Musketeers, Tucker. The, the silly Paul W.S. Anderson one. Yes, the one. I, the one with the with Eric. Tom with Tom from Secession in it. Like uh, I, I, I laugh every time I, I see Secession now, remembering watching Three Musketeers. Tom um, Bomb Scamps. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tucker and Dale versus Evil Warrior. The way we need to talk about Kevin. Win win. Winnie the Pooh. X Men First Class and Young Adult. Young Adult. So one, only like one of these movies say... has been. Uh, <laughs> I almost feel like we should just young adults a like, given, kind of like how Mish Pross Gross Pro was. It's like, we all fucking loved it. We already picked that as one of the best movies mm. of the decade. So one of y'all better sure. be picking that right now. Mm. Mm. You trying to do something silly here? We're not just giving it a buy. <laughs> moving on. No, Diana. No one else are, got to no. do that. Okay. Okay. I'll, I'll okay pick wait. It. You'll pick it? Yes. Sarah's picking it. Young adult. Yeah, yeah, right. I mean, we just we talked just about talked it. About we it. just talked about how fantastic it was. I don't need to rehash everything. Fucking watch it is a fantastic depiction of borderline personality disorder, probably, and a million other things that we already talked about. I'm sorry, I don't want to rehash it. It's fantastic. Right. Fucking watch it. It's That's out of every movie that we have recommended, especially ones that we've raved about. I think we've gotten the most feedback of people saying thank you. Mm. I watched Young Adult and I loved Yay, it. Yay! I love that. That makes so me very glad. happy. Yeah. Mm. All right. Do you want me to take another one away, Diana, to make this easier on you? No, I think I know what I want. Okay. I think I want to talk about Warrior. Oh, I that okay. was going to be mine. Hey. Uh, I, I thought I would. Yeah, because it uh, it's kind of uh, like Real Steel in that, like, yeah. I thought I knew what it was. It would be okay. I watched it and I was like, that was way better than it deserved to be. Right. It's a fucking great sports movie that's also a story about a family and performances are all strong and I freaking loved it. And I'll I'll, I'll be the Look, I keep saying this. A lot of this is based on personal experience. Warrior, not unlike Real Steel. I'm like, I don't want to watch this movie. And then I watch it. I'm like, maybe I don't know what I actually like. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe my judgment is like. a good movie. A good movie that can make you feel that way is a good movie. Yeah. Like, it, like it, it defied expectations. and Because like, like it kind of is everything I thought it was going to be. But I loved it. Huh. Yeah. What, it what, how, does like, it really well. I don't I don't know enough about myself or maybe I like manufactured this version of myself when I started podcasting like 15 years ago and I don't care about that persona anymore and I just want to watch movies like Warrior all day. Do I get to come out at the end of this? Anyway. <laughs> all right. Where are you going to go, Chris? I mean because mm. Tucker and Dale is sitting right there. That's that, that has to be it. Because Thor yeah. sucks. Winnie the Pooh is no, pretty Thor okay. Suck. Eh. Winnie the Pooh, I feel like could use some champions though. Uh, it's it's lovely. It's just like and same with win-win. And, uh, yeah, I, win-win's I didn't, very I didn't, good. I didn't watch that. X-Men First Class doesn't need anything. And no, maybe need we need to talk about Kevin. Like, wonderfully disturbing film. Yeah. Um, but Tucker and Dale versus Evil is a classic. It should be played every year at Halloween for free. Your library should show it to you. It's wonderful. Yep. Just for one, wow. for one second, consider the poor inbred hill people uh, when your friends are being murdered. Consider yes. their feelings. <laughs> And, Think about them for once, you on. selfish fuck. <laughs> <sighs> All 
All right. So that was, yeah, best of 2011. We picked Adventures of Tintin, Attack the Block, Beginners, Bridesmaids, Contagion, A Dangerous Method, Fright Night, the remake, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the American version, The Guard, Hugo, I Love You, Philip Morris, Margin Call, The Muppets, The Perfect Host, Rango, Real Steel, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, Take Shelter, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, Warrior, and Young Adult, of course. Yay! Interesting list. I'm I'm happiest about that one. We got some diversity going in there. There's a lot of different kinds. We got 70 down to 21, so if you yeah. take no other recommendation. That's totally doable. <laughs> 21 movies. Television of 2011, December 31st through January 6th, closing out the decade um, with the most important television of the year. Um, <laughs> Wizards of Waverly Place ends. I know. I'm, I'm very sorry, people who are being forced to listen to this by their parents. Uh, we don't know anything about that show. Um, working it premieres, though. Working it. Uh, no, it went uh, four seasons. It starts Selena Gomez. There. There. Yeah. And I think Andy Kindler somewhere. I don't know why I know that. Uh, and what's working it? I didn't. Working Wor- it? I'm sorry. Work it is actually the name of it. Work it. Yeah. This is a very grim. I cannot believe that enough people okayed this to bring it to air actually this is a uh, sitcom that only lasted one season surprisingly about two guys who just got laid off and they just can't make it anymore in the working world because only women get hired so they have to then oh, no. resort to dressing up as women to oh, get jobs no. you just they to... bosom buddied the economy <laughs> yes that was about board. cheap apartments. Yeah. You can't tell them what before. to do. It's their life. This oh. is a television program that was put out in the year of our Lord, 2012. Wow. 2012, the third day of 2012, we get to work it. Oof. It's been a year, bro. We've got to get jobs. Women are taking over the workforce. Soon, they'll just start getting rid of all the men. They'll just keep a few of us around as sex slaves. <laughs> Excuse me. Oh my god! Help me. Please. This is astonishing. Like it, I, wow. I, I can't even believe we lived through this. The fact this. that they would besmirch RuPaul in yes. that way, well, by using that music, she probably approved it. Got a pretty payday too. Whoa! It ran two episodes. <laughs> they shot thirteen. Mm-hmm. Eleven were unaired mm-hmm. in the U.S. Oh my god! <laughs> oh. Well, where did they air, if not the U.S.? For fuck's sake! The Logo Channel as a joke. April Fool's no. Day, we're going to play Work It. Um, <laughs> that would be great. Gross. I cannot believe how how many people had to okay this to get it even to that point. It's oh wild to God. me in the year of our Lord, 2012. Holy Woo! shit. Holy shit. Okay, and then Fuck whew, 2011 Grim. games, uh, we pretty much closed that out, but we have a couple at the beginning of 2012. Ex- excuse me. By that, I mean one game released on two platforms. NFL <laughs> Blitz. I can't remember if this is a port or a spiritual remake of the NBA Jam of football games or PS3 and 360. But I can tell you the best-selling games of 2011, and I thought it was hilarious, just a quick Google, first, first, <laughs> first article, Games Radar, written by former host Henry Gilbert. So he's going to tell us what the best-selling games of the entire year were. 
and none of them excite me very much. Spoiler, there's two Call of Duties. Number 10, Assassin's Creed Revelations. Number 9, Just Dance 2. Number 8, Gears of War 3. Number 7, Batman Arkham City. All right. Number 6, Call of Duty Black Ops, last year's Call of Duty. Number 5, Madden NFL 12, RIP. Number 4, Battlefield 3. Number 3, Skyrim. A de- I consider mm. that a, a debut, but it is the fifth game in the Elder Scrolls series. Number 2, Just Dance 3. And number 1, <laughs> One, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3. But on Nintendo platforms, I just want to give a shout out to Mario Kart 7. What up? And Super Mario 3D Land and Monster Hunter Freedom. How about that? Oh, wait, that was on PSP. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about the video games. The Video Game Apocalypse Boys, patreon.com slash laser time. Speaking of which, that's a great time to give a shout out to our executive producer this episode, Corey Austin, and many other fine people at patreon.com slash laser time. Uh, you know what? I don't want to plug that much. I, instead, I want to say goodbye to Sarah. Um, yeah. Sarah like- got busy and um, need to take a break. Behind the scenes, I can only tell you, talking to her outside the show, a lot of work. And it was sort of killing her. I'm like, we ha- we have a plan. If you want to, you know, back off for a little bit, all good. And I wasn't sure if you would take it. And then two weeks later, <laughs> she's like, yeah, that's probably for the best. Because, you know, it- it's difficult to think of watching movies and TV shows as work. You know, and there's more to it than that, obviously. But, like, it is work. And sometimes life gets in the way. Sarah, uh, we- you will be missed, my darling. Yeah. I just, I've loved this experience so much. I've loved connecting with the Laser Time community and our listeners are fantastic. And I've loved getting to know Diana through this. You have brought yep. me so much wonderful it's new true. How, how many years have we podcasted together? We've literally never met in person. Literally never <laughs> met in person, which is wild because I feel like you've just brought me so much as far as enhancing the way that I see pop culture and the way that I watch movies. And Aww, thank you. Uh, yeah, I just, I... It's been such a fun experience. And of course, Chris, you're my best friend, one of my best friends of all time. And it's she been changed so that mid sentence. Let's acknowledge that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought about other best friends I had. I was like, hey, what are my best friends? I I'm guess. Going to kill. I don't want them to get their feelings hurt. But yes, kill you, it's Darby. been so much fun to, <laughs> to collaborate with you on this. And when you asked me if I wanted to be part of this project, I immediately said yes because I'm such, I was already such a fan. Thank you so much, everyone, for embracing me as a new host and then you know as time went on i really felt like my role on 30 2010 was that of fred willard from best in show where it was, <laughs> i was just kind of doing color commentary and asking stupid questions <laughs> so if you're gonna watch I, that movie in my neighborhood you better be a hotel doorman <laughs> <laughs> No, I I think one of your big things was grounding stuff because I know as a big old film snob, I can start, yeah, I don't know, judging books by their covers, basically, and being snob. And it's like, girl, yes, you can be a killjoy feminist about Legally Blonde. There's a reason people enjoy it. Maybe get off your high horse for a second, just watch the fucking movie, and then realize, like, oh, shit, that was so much fun. Yeah, I think your presence will be missed most on on a – Production level, I wanted you to be a part of the show because it, I thought it was important to have an earnest look at, you know, some of the girlier stuff, the chicky flickies, the romantic comedies, like an earnest look. But also, like, never forget, de- Sarah definitively telling me 
this Freddie Prince Jr. movie is wretched. Like it, th- that's true. <laughs> like that's objectively true because she's complimented other movies in the same genre. This is definitely wretched. <laughs> Summer Catch is awful. True, and I do have some boundaries. I, I knew you'd be a good fit on the show. It was it was one of my first thoughts when we um, needed another person on the. This has never been said before, but it was funny. I was like, Diane, I think I have perfect friend, perfect person to to. And I had the reasoning I hadn't told her yet, you know, like big fan of popcorn stuff, indie stuff and the romantic comedy stuff you and I don't care about can be spoken for. Before I got to say that, Diana said, are you sleeping with her? And like, like, no, no, that's that was what Diana asked. Like, No, I am not bringing someone on the show that I'm sleeping with. She's married to one of my best friends in the universe. Um, Girls got to have standards. I know, I don't know I what know. I'm dealing with. No, no, it, it was in hindsight probably an okay question, especially during a tumultuous personal life. <laughs> but, but no, the person coming in will be able to fill some of those gaps, but in a different way that will never quite be like it's me, Sarah. Well, this is just goodbye for now. Beyond, I'm sure I'll be on Laser Time. I'm sure I'll be on some bonus times. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there's a couple topics I know coming up in the next year that I've reserved the right to come swoop in and give my perspective on. Hello, mm-hmm. we're talking about Smash, <laughs> the television <laughs> program. Um, and that, so this isn't the last of me, but I'm so happy that with the time that I spent with everyone and especially our listeners. Yeah, ma'am. You guys are great. You guys yeah. are the best. Yeah. All right. Oh, so if we're doing plugs, I should say you can follow me on Twitter at listeninerd, L-E-C-I-N-E-N-E-R-D. You'll follow the show at 302010 podcast. That's 3020010 podcast. And coming up next week, as we start getting the things that they're just sort of dumping in January instead of like the fancy things, mm-hmm. we got an early outing from Jake Kasdan. That's an early outing of Colin Hanks. I think the first time I noticed him somewhere, him and Jack Black are running amok south of Los Angeles. <laughs> in a county that is orange mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in the tragic kingdom itself and then more importantly though i can't believe they were dumping this movie at the beginning of january because it is one of the best blanks from hell kinds of movies we're watching the nanny from hell movie oh shit she definitely had the rocks the cradle oh. <laughs> Ooh, so yes beautiful yes be a wonderful movie that elevates the art form mm-hmm. beautiful oh, also the president is going to throw up on the prime minister <laughs> you know it happens no it really doesn't and it's never happened before ever but you know what that is one of those things since i don't get to comment on it next week i can comment on it right now Do that it. is one of those things that if you ever have an embarrassing moment in your life where you're like i cannot believe i call someone by the wrong name or maybe I tooted in front of my in-laws or something. And you can't stop replaying that in your head. You can at least say, I am not George H.W. Bush barfing on a prime minister on camera. Uh, <laughs> you know? And look, oh he God. went on to live a very fine life sexually harassing his nurses and aides. So, like, mm-hmm. look, you're fine. It's gonna be okay, y'all. Oh man, uh, I could never. Because we, remember, we ne- I don't think we ever saw that. But SNL, it was so funny. Oh, Dana God. Carvey puking yeah. off when they roll the video back and the bar flies up in his mouth. Yeah. Something I can like never forget. It's so awful. And now we sort of know why. Just with the our last wonderful forty fifth president, that it was revealed like, yeah, the dude hates going to all these foreign places and eating all their weird food when all he wants is a hamburger. And it's like, part of me understands what... I'm not with that. I would love to go foreign places and try their foods. 
you're an idiot. But I get it, and it made more sense about George H.W. Bush throwing up. Like, imagine this is his first raw fish. <laughs> and just, no, oh, I can't yeah, even pretend had... anymore. Blah! It makes me feel worse. It's like he had the flu. Like, you meet so many people, you shake so many hands, you're going to pick up all kinds of bugs, and you can't just take the sick day. And instead, you're like, I'll just tough it out. I could just tough it out. Just pump me full of drugs, and I'll tough it out. And you end up barfing on another world leader <laughs> and passing out and looking dead and scaring yeah. everybody oh. because that means dan quayle is going to be president oh god that man can't smell potato what are we doing oh my all goodness right. all right who uh, died now before we go we got to tell you who died and who lived and, and maybe give sarah a chance to win uh mm. at her final shot at the birthday quiz but who be, who be dying during this period of 30 oh man we lost two real ones though and people who they don't know their names, but they should. In 2001, we lost Admiral Grace Hopper, who is 85. Ooh. She is a major innovator in computers. She was on the team that invented Univac 1. So, like, seriously, the first computers. She also invented the word debugging wow. and create, helped create the language that became COBOL. She Before there was fucking COBOL, which is one of the first, like, basic computer languages. Yeah, a lady done it. It's that's awesome. And I just also have to shout out my middle school computer teacher because I think most of us probably like in my generation had computer class where you like oh, yeah. go and you. So part of our computer class was not just like learning how to type or learning how to like play certain games or do like simplistic programming. But my computer teacher also had us learn computer history and nice. she had us learn like now I know who Babbage is. So when like mm. I saw the like, you know, what is it? The computer game store ba called Babbage's. What? I knew what that was because I'm shocked to learn there's an origin of that. About, yeah. Oh. Because of learning about computer history. Because of the Grace difference Hopper, engine. Yeah. Nice. And Grace Hopper is like one of the people that we learned about. So yep. shout out to all those computer history teachers who are out there also making us learn this like it's real history because yeah. it is. I loved uh, a couple years ago. They started, you know, like renaming schools that are named after like Robert E. Lee and stuff. And Yale had a problem because they have John C. Calhoun College. And Calhoun was really into slavery and was kind of a dick. And so they're like, we have to rename this. And people are like, no, John C. Calhoun is a hero. He's a great American. And they're like, we're naming it after Grace Hopper. And everyone's Love. like, oh, shit. You kind of can't do better than that, though. Right? I mean, she's an admiral. Right? She's a lady. We need computers. They're good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. She got her PhD in math at Yale in, like, the 40s. So, yeah. Yeah. Shut up. Grace Hopper. She's bitching. Another old-timey guy. But uh, in 2011, we lost Bob Anderson, which is such a vague name. And he was 90. <laughs> it is such a, like, King of the Hill name. Like, I'm out here fencing. <laughs> Perry, move. <laughs> but you personally, whoever you are, you love something Bob Anderson did because he was the sword coordinator on oh. Highlander, Princess Bride, the Lord of the Rings movies, wow. Empire Strikes Back. That's him in the Darth Vader suit. Damn. Anything with swords in it in the last like 50 years is probably Bob Anderson. Wow. And he's I mean, awesome. Does he or does he not have probably the best job you can think of? It's pretty cool. Yeah, to be that specialized and in demand. Wow. A, a swordsman yeah. who, who never dies, never has to defend his title by being defeated, by being decapitated. I don't know how fencing works. If anyone, <laughs> yes, that's how you defeat them is you literally so. chop their heads off, so. Highlander mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Which makes it hard when you're rehearsing. It's true. <laughs> 
you go through a lot of extras that rough stuff yeah because i mean you how many times can you kill inigo montoya you can only kind of you don't want to do that you ruin the movie yeah i mean we only have one uh mandy patanks yeah and if you take him away from me i'll be mad if anyone needs a posthumous oscar it's bob anderson yeah you're right they should well. They should have a stunt award, and they should probably just Word, name it for him. I've been saying this for years. Yeah, they should just call it the Anderson Award. Mm. That's, oh, that's cool. cool. All right, now that we've dealt with deaths, Bubba birthdays. Oh, birthday is a doodly do, a ding dong doodly doodly ding dong do. One last shot. Redeem yourself, lady. All right. Come at me. Turning 40. Born January 6, 1982 in Westminster, London, right downtown. Uh, His mom runs a relocation business and his dad is in corporate finance. He entered performing arts school at 10 with classmate James Corden. Okay. And then went to Eton College where he was classmates with Prince William. Oh, shit. Rob Pattinson. Decent guess, but no. Uh, He made his stage debut at the Globe Theater in Twelfth Night as Viola, which means he is a man pretending to be a woman pretending to be a man sure dana radcliffe no he's not movies of his we've talked about and it's tough because we don't have a lot they're about to kick in like this year the good shepherd elizabeth the golden age the other boleyn girl my week with marilyn eddie redmayne it is eddie redmayne she did it she sat this in favor of the departing between sarah i am dabbing right now <laughs> no. Is that what it's called? Did you do this? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she did. All right. Well, there, okay. Now here's where I went with this. Big ones come in 2012. Coming up next this year, we're going to be talking about Les Miserables. Then in 2014, we're going to talk about a movie that's an awful lot like A Beautiful Mind because it's a biopic about a genius and how his health issues affect his marriage. Then in 2015, he's in a movie about a trans woman, which is to say a woman pretending to be a man who is actually a woman. And then in 2016, he stars in something written by transphobe J.K. Rowling. Right. Damn. It's a journey. God, I'm confused. And tired. So, long episode. Very long episode. But happy birthday, Eddie Redmayne. Congratulations, Sarah, and toppling me. That one was worth a thousand points. So oh you, you wow. might be the birthday quiz championship. I don't know if Diana that told you good. that. Awesome. Points. What's my prize? Um, you don't have to come back. Oh, <laughs> 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 Aw, you guys. Yeah. Freedom. Aww. Even though... That's sort of what I like about the show at the end of the day. Sometimes I just, I want to watch a movie and I'm paralyzed by the choice of 9,000 streaming networks mm-hmm. unleashing their archive all upon mm-hmm. me. And yes. It's like, yeah, I'll watch Ricochet with Denzel Washington. That's mm-hmm. why I'm not letting go of all the secret docs that we have mm-hmm. to coordinate what we're watching because I still sometimes need that as a guide to tell me what I should watch. So I'll be watching along with everyone. Yeah. <sighs> Well, uh, I think your prize should be you get to pick our outro song. There you go. Oh, the last um, outro song of 2011, 2001, 1991. I was going to go with a tribe called Quest because they had one of the 500 best albums, according to Rolling Stone, and I didn't play any of it yet. But what what song is in Sarah's heart right now? Oh, uh, of all time or just of a specific? Let's go with all time. time. I don't fucking care. Great. Go for it. Song that is always in my heart is No Children by the Mountain Goats. <laughs> it's a great one. Okay. Uh, recently yeah. got a TikTok dance and didn't even have to think about it. That is a song that is always in my heart. It's a song that I hope I we hope both die. You all write about me. 
<laughs> no show by the mountain goats is taking us out. Patreon.com slash laser time. It's me, Sarah, forever. Um, love you guys so much. Love you too, my darling. You will be missed. We love you. Tune in next week to figure out who will be Sarah's replacement and an addition of what else is coming out that week and our hot takes on it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Consider telling a friend, becoming a patron, or just saying something nice about Sarah. Yep. We'll still be in the, the, the laser time community. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'll be kicking around. Don't worry. All right. Take us out, man. Or do worry. Oh. And I hope when you think of me years down the line, you can't find one good thing to say. And I'd hope that if I found the strength to walk out, you'd stay the hell out of my way. I am drowning. There is no sign of land. You are coming down with me. Hand in unlovable hand, and I hope you die. I hope we both die.